The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Kurt. You're watching on YouTube Sunday, December 19th. We are going to recap all of Sunday's action. A very bizarre uh, week 15, or Sunday week 15. We still have four games to play, of course, through Monday to Tuesday. <laughs> we should have known weird stuff was going to happen all day because... The first two touchdowns were from the Jets and the Texans, which makes total sense. Uh, joining me to break it down, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Breach, the Steelers are still alive, and your doo-doo Bengals are in first place in the division. First place? Wilson has a feel looking up at me for once. Usually I'm so <laughs> short you're looking down, but ha-ha. <laughs> the last time I looked up at Breach, I was laying in the grave that he dug for me right before he tried to murder me, and I escaped. Good Lord, that got dark quickly. For uh, real. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, make sure and smash that like button. If we get to 150 likes, we will give away a Brinson sucks hat uh, and Debo will hand out uh, stuff in the chat to let you know how to win it. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening to the podcast anyway, it's Monday, uh, December 20th. Thanks for listening, of course. But if you're listening on Spotify specifically, they have just introduced ratings to the podcast system they have on the app or I guess the web browser. So if you could give us a five-star rating on your Spotify app, please. Takes a second. Boop. You got it. You listen to your phone anyway. Boop. Very quickly. Um, so let's, uh, let's, should we dive into the games, right? Absolutely. And we'll start with Tom Brady and the and Tom Brady being shut out for the first time, because I think he got when they kicked him like a, a field goal to get three points against the Saints last year, just to make sure that he didn't get shut out for the full game. Uh, in hindsight, that's probably why he probably told Bruce Arians to do it. Shut out for the first time since in NFL research tweeted out week 15, 2006. I went to check it out because I was curious, like, you know, like what, what happened in the 2006 season? Uh, because in 2006, none of the current, uh, what was it? Actually, you know what? None of the like none of the none of the current defenders in the NFL were you know like maybe even alive, right? They were all born after 2007. That's not the actual stat, but you get the point. Um, and uh, Drew Brees was in his first season with the uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Ironically, guys, the team that shut out Tom Brady 
was the Miami Dolphins, who drew, didn't get Drew Brees, instead went with Dante Culpepper and uh, and shut out. Uh, they had Joey Harrington for this game, I believe, though. Here's some uh, Go a ahead, pop push. quiz for our draft guru. There are only three players from the 2006 NFL draft who are even still in the NFL playing for any team. Do you know who they are? Who well, was the number one overall pick in 2006? Just I don't have to think through the whole The Jets thing. draft that year, they, their first two, they got two Mario first Williams. rounders. Oh, Mario Williams, great. Reggie Bush was in the draft class. The Jets had two first round picks. They took the Brickishaw Ferguson and Alex, uh, not Alex, uh, Nick Mangold, who were both really good. The Steelers in 2006, who did they take in 06? How can I remember that? Oh, I mean, they had to be kickers. Right? Pick kickers and punters, maybe. Only one of them is a kicker. Okay. Is one um, a quarterback? This must be a backup quarterback somewhere. There's, I, I will tell you, I knew one of the answers out of the three players. Matt Schaub? Because the Bengals drafted him. Schaub is 04. And yeah, I wasn't prepared to walk into a draft discussion. Sorry, guys. All right. The answers are Mercedes Lewis, Andrew Whitworth, and the Ravens punter. Oh, that's good. That's no, It's great trivia. I just wasn't prepared to walk into 2006 Andrew, draft trivia. Andrew Whitworth last week was the first player in NFL history to be 40 years old and play left tackle. So <laughs> that's a long go. He's playing on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah. does that Look, the final score of this game, 9 to 0. 9? Nine, 9 times. 9 to 0. I mean, just a disastrous outcome for uh, several reasons for the Buccaneers. One, you know, there. This is Taysom Hill and a limited Saints team that didn't even have Sean Payton on the sideline. Dennis Allen was coaching. Huge for Dennis Allen, by the way, because this game might actually vault him into a lot of interviews this offseason, or at least it should. The Saints in this game totaled 212 yards, three of 16 on third down, zero uh, and two in the red zone, 11 total first downs, and I mean they ran for uh, two yards per play. And they passed for uh, 5.2 yards per play. Offensively, they were offensive. And yet, they completely dominated the Buccaneers on the defensive side of the ball. I, is Tom Brady winless against the Saints since he came to Tampa? Is that right? In the regular season. Yes, in the regular season, of course. Right, right, right. He is 0-4, which is just bonkers to think about that there's just this one team who just flummoxes him uh, that nice. no matter what happens – that that defensive front Cameron Jordan had a huge game and they just put so much pressure on him. And, you know, a Buccaneers fan's going to say, well, we lost Leonard Fournette and Mike Evans and Godwin. And that's yes, you did lose those players, but when those players were in the, the Buccaneers still weren't scoring points. So, you know, maybe they eventually get a field goal or a touchdown at the end of the game. But this was such a dominating performance by the saints defense that it does make you think that, Hey, maybe the saints were just like sneaky good enough to steal the final wild card spot. Um, let me ask you this. Like Taysom Hill, last week, I think it was last week they threw the four interceptions, maybe the week before. I actually thought he didn't play as bad as that four interception performance. I know his his finger's still banged up, and he's still only two weeks into the eight week recovery with that finger that he has to play with the, the middle finger on his throwing hand. I don't know how far like the defense balled out. How much of this is Tom Brady struggling against the Bucks? How much is the defense playing at a high level? And how much do you trust Taysom Hill to really push this team? over the last three weeks of the regular season? that's Those are the questions I have about the Saints in terms of them potentially making the playoffs. I think defensively, they're good enough to make a playoff push, and their coaching is their coaching is really, really good. Like, I mean, 
they don't have a ton on offense. And credit to Pete Carmichael for, you know, Sean Payton's absent. He draws up a, a very nice, not like mind-blowing offensive game plan, but a ve- like he catered that game plan to what the defense was doing, to what they had on offense, which, again, is not much. Took a couple shots with Taysom Hill, but nothing crazy. Um, and then defensively, Dennis Allen, like, dude, seriously, Dennis Allen was a hot coaching candidate, gets a job with the Raiders, flames out, but everybody flamed out with the Raiders. And like this guy deserves another look. I mean, he is this Saints defense is elite. I mean, it is a very, very good defense. And I mean, they absolutely dominated. Let me ask you this. Sorry to interrupt you, but and you know, this is something I always circle back to when we talk about head coaches. And I think you're exactly right about about Dennis Allen. He's done a great job, but does that mean he's a good head coach? First time around, it did not go well. And sometimes guys are great coordinators and sure. not great coaches. So I suppose the question, I mean, you don't know the answer to this, obviously, but I, I suppose the question of the shot con or whoever interviews him, uh, hopefully, and he deserves the interviews, you know, you have to ask the right questions. That's that's the the takeaway. You can't just say, hey, man, how are you going to coach up the defense? Because we know you can do that. The question is, how are you going to relate to Trevor Lawrence or, you know, whatever your quarterback situation is? And I, I do wonder, some teams don't get it because they keep hiring the wrong guy. And some teams are figuring out. So it, it's not, it's like the draft. It's sort of a crapshoot, but I, I think that's the, you got to know how your guy or a guy that you like fits into the, what you want to do. But yeah, Dennis Allen absolutely deserves an opportunity. Well, I would, I would even look across the the field to Todd Bowles and make the, the like the comparison there. Todd Bowles also, I mean, not the Saints again, no great shakes on offense, but held him to nine points. You have Tom Brady and sort of bearing the lead here, Leonard Fournette, hamstring, Mike Evans hamstring and Chris Godwin undisclosed undisclosed knee injury on a, on a what we thought was a probably a necessary hit by PJ Williams. It was quite All, disclosed. We saw it. His knee was saying, but, we, but we don't know. We don't know what the specific injury no, is. I know, it's, I know. The MC, MCL strained MCL is, is rumored to be it. Um, all three of those guys left. So Tom Brady dealing with a, a, sh- a shortened uh, uh, cast, but like Todd Bowles, coach coached the Jets and was a good head coach. And is a great coordinator and probably deserves another chance. So I just think that's similar to Dennis Allen in that they both went to bad franchises that were, you know, you got to pick your jobs better. And I was let me ask you or breach this for both these guys, Todd Bowles and Dennis Allen, who both were Dennis Allen didn't have a good run as a head coach, but obviously a really good coordinator. Todd Bowles did have some success, even though he got to coach that Jets team. How early in the interview process breach are you bringing up? Uh, how, where do you come down to analytics? Because Bruce Arians is going to kick it on fourth down every single time, and probably to that team's detriment. But they're so good that you can overcome it. They won the Super Bowl, so how can you argue? But is that something that you would want answered early on, or you care less about it? I mean, I think it's definitely a question you bring up. Now you could just bring you could you could have a whole video of like thirty cut up plays and situations, and you say in the interview, all right. Would you go for to kick a field goal here? Go for to kick a field goal here. And like in your head, you have the certain score he has to get. And if he doesn't get it, like, all right, man, you're out of the interview process. Sorry. And Dennis Allen isn't that old. Cause I do feel like some of the older coaches, Bruce Arians being one of them, they're just kind of set in their ways. Like sometimes they'll follow the analytics by accident. Right. Uh, sometimes they don't, like you said that, you know, they were punting late into the fourth quarter there. Um, and so they just do what they want to do. They go by their gut and it's gotten them where they are. So why change and then you know Dennis Allen's right at, he's not even 50 years old uh he's someone who I think probably pays attention to that stuff um but you know what Dennis Allen and Todd Bowles have in common though is that they're both handsome oh besides the fact that they're handsome more handsome than Ryan is that they are both 
defensive coaches. Yeah. And it's just like there's never – the NFL teams are just never – you know, there's not this mad rush to go hire all the defensive coaches. And so there's like maybe one that gets hired each hiring cycle and then it leaves all these other guys shut out until uh, the next year. So Off the top of your head, do you remember who else was – in the running for the Chargers job, and Anthony Lynn was a running backs guy and offensive guy before he lost his job too. I really don't. I'll look like it up. The, you seem uh, to know those things. That's why I asked. I'll look it up. Well, I know. I think Dable because he had a connection to the general manager. He went to like high school with Telesco or something. Okay, that's about the. No, but I think I that was he. Dable was. Are you talking about? Are you talking about when they hired Brandon Staley or when yeah. they hired? Yeah, 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 he's a, yeah. He's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dable was definitely involved. Uh, McDaniel. I mean, the, the, you know, the last pass. year was like the general group of people because COVID had sort of made it difficult to kind of like figure out information. Uh, anyway, let's, let's use this as sort of a jumping off point on the playoff picture because, and we'll do like a broader playoff picture discussion off the top of the pod makes more sense than saving it for late since you know, there are going to be some games, you know, we'll talk about Jaguars Texans, but we'll breeze through it at the end of the show. Right. Because it, it's more interesting, I think to sort of look at where we stand with it's, this is so weird because Usually when we do these shows, there's one game remaining in the week, and we have a pretty good idea of like where the playoff picture stands. There are currently four games remaining, and all four games at least have playoff implications in the sense that uh, Washington and Philadelphia are both right there at the mm. bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the NFC. Seattle and the Ra- the Rams are in right now, and of course Seattle is trying to make a move up to to get involved, and then uh, both Cleveland and Las Vegas at the seven and six, six and seven range, sort of a, not a loser leaves town match, but it will hurt their case uh, significantly. So with that in mind, looking at the NFC, Green Bay clinched the division today. Um, shout out to anyone who bet the Packers at plus 200 or whatever it was when, uh, when Aaron Rodgers was rumored to be leaving football forever and they were still hanging numbers at sports books because you cash that today and that has to feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was one of those people that thought he wasn't coming back. I mean, that rumor, the, the Broncos rumor and like end of June or being July, when they took the Broncos off the board and completely changed the Packers odds, it was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I cashed one of those uh, on an offshore, which was pretty exciting today. And it, it went through today, which is very nice. The Cowboys with Tampa's loss are right there in the mix to get that one seed. And. Arizona, well, I guess with Arizona's loss, the Lions as well, just an inexplicable loss. The, the the Cardinals are really struggling, has opened up that division big time for the Rams for sure. Maybe the 49ers. I mean, that seems kind of crazy. And they, they would have to beat them by a full game because there's a they wouldn't win a tie break, but they're right there. And then you see New Orleans now the seven seed at seven to seven. When you look at the right, what's more likely breach or Wilson, I guess like, like who, what do we think about the saints as the seven seed and where do we think? Cause I, Tampa, you know, they got to catch green Bay. If green Bay runs the table, they're not Tampa has green easy Bay. games left, but if green Bay runs the table, they, they get the number one seed and, and that's that. I shouldn't say they're not going to catch green Bay because we will talk about green Bay in a little bit, but they, they almost lost that football game. So as for the saints at number seven, they're the seventh seed here, San Francisco six, Outside looking in, Washington, Minnesota, Philadelphia, all at six and seven. Then the Falcons, who again, Arthur Smith should be coaching there. That team won six games. They suck. Are you kidding me? The Saints have a very, very friendly schedule. Or well, Arthur I'll, Smith should be fired based on what he did today, but that's another story that we'll talk about later. I'll just reiterate what I what I asked you guys a moment ago. How comfortable do you feel about Taysom Hill? Because can the defense 
you know, the defense can play well in three games and then you're going to get blown out in the playoffs. And if that's, I mean, that's sort of a moral victory, not a terrible way to well, the season. Let, but let me, let me ask you this. If the Saints win their final three games and the Cardinals hold on and are the four seed, am I doing this right? No, I'm doing this wrong, aren't I? Right, two would play seven. Wait, and let I, me ask you this. About I, have, seven I, I can't. I, I, hate, I hate. Before we. I hate expand. I didn't expand it last year, but I hate expansion. You I don't hate. trust Taysom Hill. Who do you trust out of Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke, Jalen Hurts, and Kirk Cousins? Because those are the four teams that are pretty right. much fighting for that All last. Right. Let's rank those quarterbacks. So I'll go. I mean, just we'll rank the quarterbacks, we, we, regardless of the, the team around them and the coach that, oh, hate, that hates the quarterback. So I'll go Kirby Cousins, number one. I'll go uh, Heineke, Hertz, and Taysom. What are you laughing I'm, at? I, you I mean, that's probably that, that's like the correct ranking. But when you yeah. look at like the quarterback and the coach combined, or like yeah, the whole yeah. team around right. them, right. that right. changes the whole. So that that's what makes it so hard to try and predict. All right, let's do this. That. How about this breach? What if Kirby Cousins was on the Saints? How great would you feel about the Saints? Oh, I take the Saints in a second. The Saints would be. Better than seven and seven. I mean, they would be Kirk Cousins on the Saints. Saints would have just won the division. On the right, that's what, that's what I was saying. They'd be like a one of the top four seeds more than likely. Well, I, I, I still think Tampa would be the better team in that division. But yeah, they, they would probably yeah, be the five seed. I, or, I mean, well, they beat they beat him tonight. Beat him twice, I guess. Could happen. Um, look, I think we, we, the Super Bowl draft that we did, where I took the Saints last, we 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 rehashed it on Saturday night, and I was like, oh, what a terrible pick with the Saints. All of a sudden. I feel pretty good. The Saints host the Dolphins on Monday night in week 16. I think that's a really bad matchup, as we talked about, Reach, for the Dolphins. You like Miami in that spot. They're white hot. That's fine. I think that defense will cause problems for Tua and, and, and that Miami offense, Jalen Waddle or not. They get the Panthers at home on uh, in week 17 on Sunday, 1 p.m. game. If the Saints play well on defense, they'll obliterate the Panthers. The Panthers are terrible. <laughs> and then they're at the Falcons on Jan in week 18. Also, just a 1 p.m. kick. I mean, I don't think the Saints are a good offense by any stretch of the imagination. But against bad defenses, Alvin Kamara can work. And those defenses are not elite i think the saints run the table and somehow finish 10 and 7 and we're like Whoa. and and maybe sean payton gets some coach of the year love because he did this with scotch tape and missing i think he said covid two or three two times at least where yeah, at least two yeah at least two um i i like the saints chances of getting in is that that uh is that seven seed i think they could even go two and one and still pull it off yeah i'm looking at our guy steven o's numbers from sports line and the tampa bay numbers don't really change out, you know, the, the whole stretch of the playoffs, whether it's division playoff overall conference or championship, but the, the Saints go from 8.2 wins to 8.9 wins. Um, their division chances don't really change much, but their playoff chances go from 25% to 45%. Huge and, jump, yeah. And that's huge, and that's the difference. Uh, Debo, as our resident Eagles fan, and where would you say your optimistic outlook is now that the Saints have beaten the Bucks? you know, Clearly, you got to wait and see what happens on Tuesday with the Eagles in Washington. But I mean, can't be feeling nearly as good as you probably were 12 hours ago. Not nearly as good as I was two hours ago. Um, <laughs> sure. I think for both Washington and Philadelphia, the fact that they have the head-to-head -head over head-to-head -head win over the Saints is is good. But if you're talking about the Saints running the table, that means the Eagles also have to run the table to get to that tiebreaker. And I feel. Pretty good about Tuesday at this point, but 
I want it bet on the Eagles to to run the table. I also think that you know that that Dolphins game for the Saints is going to be the one that they have to lose if you're from my perspective and, and rooting for a loss for the Saints. That's that's probably right. And and look, I mean, Washington and Philly play each other twice, so one of those teams and. In- Washington, and Philly, all, they also both play the Cowboys. Correct. And the Cowboys are now, importantly, in a fight for the number one overall seed to get home field advantage. And Lord only knows what Jerry Jones would do to, to get that one seed over, over Green Bay. Um, the, and at this point, you want the two seed over the three seed, obviously, but you, you don't want to play San Fran. That's, a, that's actually a great point that I what, hadn't gotten to because I was too busy pretending that four and seven played for some stupid reason. Um, if you're the two seed, like the one seed is obviously a massive, massive uh, you know, advantage because you get the buy and you get home field advantage throughout. But if you're the two seed, you you get home field except for the, a title game against the one seed. And as Devo just noted, you're going to get the absolute dregs of the NFC that pops in there. Now, maybe you're a little nervous about a good New Orleans defense. Maybe you're a little nervous about Russell Wilson if he finds his way into that. But by and large, well, let me think- ask you. Let me ask you this: Tampa Bay doesn't want to be the three seed because they have to face New Orleans as we sit here. But if you're the Cowboys, you would would you rather face number one the Saints, Washington, Minnesota, or Philly? If that's two versus seven, I would want to face a divisional rival because that's they're just like too random, and, and that's right. I mean, we just saw it tonight. Still, I would not want to play the Saints though. I, well, I, Minnesota, if I'm the Cowboys, play, I think I'd want to play the Saints. Well, and the Minnesota's still out there too, so it, they're not the drag. I mean, they're the dregs in the sense that they're last in the playoff race. But so, would you rather have those choices if you're Dallas or if you're Tampa Bay? Would you rather host San Francisco, and that's three versus six? I, I mean. mean well, I, I think, don't want San Francisco if I'm. That's my point. Like they, they, they're not going to be. These aren't layups. No, no, no. The favorites should win, but they could be, you know, minus one and a half sort sort of games. Is what I still anyone anyone on either side of the bracket, with maybe the exception of whoever the seven seed is in the NFC, can win the Super Bowl this year. Like this is a wide open race. That's what it feels like, and I think the one team that helped themselves the most today was the 49ers. Because just having that one game buffer over the the seventh seed, they still play the Texans, 49ers do. And if they win that game, they're essentially in because all these guys are gonna, you know, as we said, Washington fully play each other twice. If they split that now, both those teams are at eight losses. Uh Minnesota has some tough games left. So it, it does feel like it is just absolutely cut off. And you don't want to play the 49ers. So where does that leave us? If I'm Dallas, I want if I'm the two seed and I'm if I'm ranking my options, I think it's one Washington, I guess two New Orleans, because Dallas's defense is playing well, but Dallas's offense has been so bad and New Orleans defense is playing great right now. Then I think uh, what if Tampa Bay went into week 18, knowing that if they win and the Saints clinch the seventh seed. And the Buccaneers knew if they win, they have to play the Saints in the playoffs. You think they'd want to avoid them, or do think, or think, uh, you know, we beat them in the playoffs last year. The regular season means nothing. Well, no, Bruce Arians, he's not going to be playing to lose. Like, and he's he has. Yeah, I don't think we'll see a. He's sort of a stick your chest out. Like we can, we'll we'll do it no matter. You, what. you also can't. You also can't tank on purpose to avoid the Saints and accidentally play the Saints because you're losing that game. Oh, and also, so. Jason Lockerford said this weeks ago that Antonio Brown ain't going anywhere. 
Antonio Brown ain't going anywhere. They have one and a half wide receivers. Well, they, uh, Michelle Savoy said that during the game tonight. They desperately. Well, uh, my point is that JLC, who we work with for CBS, said yeah, this yeah. weeks ago. No, no, no. But I'm saying she talked to people with the box who said AB's on the team. As Just Jason said three weeks ago. That's, that's I know. I know. I'm I'm saying that what Jason said is fact. I'm saying that I mean she wasn't reporting it. She talked to somebody with the box who's like AB's good to go. So yeah, great job by JLC as always. So if we had to make a pick right now, who is getting the seventh seed in the NFC? I'll take the Saints. What? I just told you they have an easy, easy schedule coming in. We'll uh, I'll, I'll defer to Debo because I want to hear him talk himself into Philly, and I'll see if I ride along on that. I'm riding with it. Dolphins beat the Saints next Monday night. Eagles only have to win three or four. They get in. Three of, who are the who are the four games they have to play? They're pretty tough. All right? division: two Washington, oh, one yeah. Giants, one Dallas. Yeah, yeah, I know. Washington just feels like a like it just split. I think what are, maybe, what are, aren't Giants fans rooting for something with the Cowboys and the Eagles in week? They're they're rooting for asteroid. No way! Giants fans are in a pleasant mood. They got free medium drinks at the game. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Giants stuck. Um, yeah, I think if I were, I would probably say Tampa finishes number two because they got two games against the Panthers and one against the Jets. I mean, that's about as good as you can get. Uh, Who's oh, Dallas has some. I think the Rams are going to steal the NFC West. It won't be a steal. I feel like they're going to walk in the front door and slap slap the Cardinals in the face. And (laughs) Arizona still has to play the Cowboys, Colts, and Seahawks. I mean, there's a path where they go 0-3 in those games. It's not completely far-fetched. They'll be on the road. That that was good until Sunday's action. I'm trying to think what... uh, Magic goes 7-0 on the road, and your first loss is in Detroit. (laughs) The the Cardinals finishing in third in the NFC West would probably be the most hilarious thing possible. Well, now I'm wondering... Wait, did the the Cardinals... uh, My... Short-term memory is obviously crap. Did the Cardinals um did they play the Saints? Have the Cardinals played the Saints? Oh, I don't I don't know who played who this year. No, the Cardinals have not played the Saints and do right. not play the Saints. Well, I'm just wondering if the Cardinals were to lose out, I'm gonna slap this into the playoff machine, and the Saints were to win out. I do believe the Saints would jump the Cardinals. And I didn't run every game here. I just slapped this into the, the simulate the old simulator. And if the 49ers were to win out, and they have the uh, Titans, Jets, and Texans remaining, I wow. believe. No, 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 sorry. Titans, uh, I clicked the wrong team. Well, the, Car- the Cardinals have not clinched the playoff spot, so there is a path for them to miss the play. The oh, of course, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, even if... So what you're doing, if, you have, if the Saints went out and the Cardinals lose out and they both tie at 10 and 7, the Saints get in because they have a better NFC record. Yes. There's a, there's a pathway for the Cardinals to finish as a seven seed as well, which would be absolutely wild. If you're thinking the whole time you're going to get like New Orleans, and so that's that's the kind of the intrigue of it too. If for some reason the Cardinals go zero and two, and the Saints and 49ers go two and zero, suddenly you're, you're not like going to tank to play the crappy seven seed. It might be the Cardinals, or maybe you want the Cardinals. It's nuts. All right, let's look at the AFC as well. The I have a question. Yes. I want to get this out of the way now because I want to hear how – so I can come back to this and throw it in his face. Is this the Bengals? 
Of course, breach are the Bengals, as we sit here, going to win the division. What did I say two weeks ago as my bold prediction when the Ravens were still in front by two games? I said the Ravens were going to fade, miss the playoffs, and either the Bengals or Browns are going to win it. And of course, now that they won this Broncos game, that was really the one I was worried about. Yes, I think they're going to win the division. Brenton, where are you on that? Knowing full well they scored 15 points against a team that was that was with Drew Locke trying to throw interceptions every pass and without Teddy Bridgewater. So sometimes he was just handing them off for 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 I guess it was a fumble, not an interception. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, but they also just beat a team that like the Cowboys only scored 16 points on no, the Cowboys lost it. by two touchdowns. Stop it. A team that beat the Chargers, like just, the Broncos. We don't need look, you're in first place in the division at eight and six. So defensive. We don't need you to be all all rose-colored glasses trying to hype up the Bengals. Just hey, let's you be go on the road here. in December and you beat a team that had a win. Going into the game. It's a great win. It's a great it, win. It's a win. They now have the Ravens at home the day after Christmas, the Chiefs at home on January 2nd in a game that will matter for Kansas City, assuming that, you know. Oh, it'll matter because the Steelers are going to beat them next week on the road. Well, and maybe, the, yeah, I mean, look, the Chiefs will be trying in that game. And then they are at the Browns in week 18. Well, let me just say, I do not think the Bengals will beat the Chiefs, but for the Bengals, it doesn't matter because if they beat the Ravens and the Browns, they're going to win the division. So okay. out of those three games, how many they win? Do you think they go two and one? I do think they go two and one. Brinson, do you think they go two and one? I don't think it's crazy. No, but what I'm asking you, are they going to go um, two and one? I need to know. Ask me on Wednesday or Thursday when we know about Lamar Jackson's status. Tyler Huntley actually played pretty. He threw four freaking touchdowns. I mean, would you four rather have? Or he scored four touchdowns. Lamar at eighty percent or Tyler two, Huntley right? out there? Yeah, he ran for two and ran threw for two, two through two. Something okay, Lamar yeah, yeah. Jackson's never done. Is that right? Really? Yeah. What? That's wow. right. That's crazy. It's a good stat. Save it for the game recap. Um, well, hold on. So, what were you saying, Breach? Would you rather have Tyler Huntley hundred percent or Lamar at seventy five or something? Is that what you are going to say? At eighty, yeah, yeah, eighty. Yeah, I think those are fair questions. And I I think the biggest takeaway is that John Harbaugh sort of said he went with his gut, not analytics, and into this game. But if John Harbaugh had maybe kicked extra points at the end of the game with a Hall of Fame kicker, maybe they win the Steelers game and they have a chance at this. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that, too. No, but, but I'm talking about the playoffs. I'm not talking about the game recap. My point is that it, those games, uh, the, the Ravens are perhaps better than their record indicates because of some, some poor decision-making, even though analytics has been – uh, a talking point for the last three or four weeks. Oh my God, it's been awful. I think the crazy thing is that now the Chiefs feel like they're almost locked into the top seed. Like, yeah. I don't think the Titans have a chance to get it anymore. The Patriots, who knows, with Mac Jones running the show in December. Hey, uh, it's easy. Yeah, let's settle down, Pat. Easy. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying they're Mac not. Jones, look, Mac Jones had a fine game on Saturday night, the except sun. for the, the two interceptions. Season. All right, Joe Burrow. Well, Mac Jones had a better game than Joe Burrow. I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> doing joe burrow's team won here by the way brentson just by the way the ravens are at the Bengals. hold on, hold on the rams hold on. and home against the steelers when I, you can't out by the way me when i say by the way you can't say by the way to cut me off <laughs> by the by the way <laughs> by the by by the by i just want to say that this is breach being passive aggressive next week he'll be back down to earth so he's getting it all in this week so go ahead what's after the ravens wins that was you're saying yeah, the Ravens uh, have the fourth toughest remaining schedule. The Bengals have the third toughest remaining schedule. The Steelers have the second toughest remaining schedule. And the Browns are probably in that conversation because they're all playing the same teams. That they have the seventh toughest. And yeah. after they play the Raiders, it will move up and might become the toughest. The Ravens look like they are in trouble. The Ravens could have won that game. I know sure. we'll talk about it later, but I mean, you could argue that the Packers look like they're in trouble. 
that, yeah, that's fine. I mean, well, and the, 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 I'm saying the Ravens are eight, the Ravens are eight and six and have uh, three. I just explained to you though, two decisions by John Harbaugh at the end of games could make this team ten and four. Sure, and we're looking at that playoff picture right now. If the Browns win tomorrow. By Buffalo, you're out of that playoff picture. The Browns get bumped up to the four seed. The Bengals go to the six seed, and the Colts go to, the, and then the Chargers fall to the seven seed. So, like that is how fragile things are right and now. I'll, I've been saying this for weeks, and I'll say it until the end of time, or at least until the end of January. Steelers don't tie the Lions. They're the seventh seed, and Buffalo's out because of the tiebreakers. So, yeah. it, extremely tenuous to breach this point. Counterpoint: If the Bills don't lose nine to six to the Jaguars. Oh, that, that 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 point is irrelevant. Yeah, it's a little are at the Chiefs on Sunday. Uh, host the Browns on Monday Night Football, I believe, and then at the Ravens. I mean, these are just, this. I'm calling it now. Steelers are going three and zero. Well, uh, Brock uh, Mel just in case says hot take Steelers win the division, which will be spicy as hell. By the way, there's a path. There's a path. If you're in the chat. On YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Hit the like button. If we get to 150 likes, we give it away a hat. So smash that like button right now. We have far, far too many, far too few likes for the number of people watching this YouTube episode. Um, okay. Any other thoughts on the playoff race? Uh, you, so who is going to win the AFC North, Brinson, what's what? your prediction? Uh, I will take the Bengals. I'm going to take the Steelers just out of spite. Steelers will be fun. By the way, the, I mean, the Dolphins at 7-7 seven and seven are intriguing. To, to me, it'll be interesting. The Steelers play at Kansas City next week, and they cannot – Breach could run for 150 yards on them, and then Brent's could come in and run for another 100 yards if they were the running backs. for the. the I want to see if Andy Reid will commit to the run at all or if he's going to make Patrick Mahomes throw the ball 50 times against a team that cannot stop the run because they should run the ball 40 times, and they'll win that game. But I, I want to see. It'll be sort of – a immovable object against unstoppable force when it comes to that. What uh, do you have Steven O's numbers in front of you with the, the dolphins? I mean, give me a second. I'll pull it up. Their, their games are, that's eh, God. It's, it's like, winnable, oh, he, didn't, he didn't include the dolphins. It's at saints Titans at home, I believe. And then Patriots. excuse me at saints at Titans Patriots at home. But I, he did include Baltimore and Cincinnati. Baltimore's playoff chances went from 64% to 47%, and Cincinnati's went from 36% to 52%. The Broncos went from 18% to 6%. Holy Moses, and I should have mentioned this in the last segment, San Francisco went from 79 to 94, so they're virtually a lock. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, San Francisco's in good shape. They have they have easy games coming in. All right. Yeah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> It's been fun, guys. Uh, no, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will rip through all the games that we haven't even talked about yet. 30 minutes into the podcast. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The good news is Devo was hoping to get out by 40, get the breakout by 40. We went early, so we're good. So let's rip through some games. We talked about the Saints and the Buccaneers, of course, let us move on to the Packers and the Ravens. Wild game. I would even argue that the Packers-Ravens game and Saints-Bucks game, and we talked about this last week, and I hope I – I mean, I was like, bet Tom Brady at minus 150. Those are good odds. No. Well, I mean, he hadn't had he hadn't been shut out in – what year is this? 2021? 2006. 15 years. Yeah. Let me ask never, this. never been shut out in a home game. What yeah, were you like, doing in December 2006? I'm probably doing a podcast with you. Somehow. No, we didn't know each other. Oh, really? You were in your 20s. I was I was 33. Holy crap. No, we I we, we were working together before. No, 2007. 2006 when Fantasy. Yeah, but I wasn't 30 until you didn't join Fantasy 2007. Breach, what were you doing? In you and I were working together in 2007. at House before I got married. I got married before I was 30. Yeah. Right, so I knew you in my 20s is what I'm saying. Right. No, I was I in the that. phase of my life where I lived in a three-bedroom apartment with a good friend and my brother, and we went out drinking four days a week. Yeah. That was that phase. So Tom Brady has now moved from minus 150 and minus 180 in some spots down to minus 110. Aaron Rodgers has climbed up to uh, plus 225, and then Patrick Mahomes 10 to 1. Jonathan Taylor 15 to 1. Matthew Stafford 18 to 1. I do think that over the – I'm not sure how this will play out because we have multiple um, games on Monday and multiple games on Tuesday, and sometimes when you have those games, it reduces the macro chatter out there. But I do think there's going to be a strong push for Jonathan Taylor this week on the heels of the Colts making this playoff push, beating the Patriots, doing it with no Carson Wentz, basically. All Jonathan Taylor has that big run at the end. Um, but if I were betting – one of these five guys right here today, I'm betting Aaron Rodgers at plus money. And Wilson was saying to take him last week, I think. Yeah, I, I never was getting the Tom Brady love. Um, not because he's played poorly, but Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray were for me and my other two. Um, Cooper Cup was on my last uh, ballot because of breach. And then uh, TJ Watt and Jonathan Taylor had also been on the ballots at various points in my top five we do every week now that Jared Dubin, our buddy, post on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I believe. Yeah, and the Packers have the second easiest schedule, so you have to feel good about betting Aaron Rodgers. And I do feel like uh, oof, getting shut out. It's tough to get. I'm surprised that Tom Brady's not plus money. But you know, then then a Tom Brady fan will say, "Well, Aaron Rodgers lost 38 to three to the same Saints team. So why why does it matter when it happened? It, it does. Of course, it, it matters. Does. When it, it does. Is the is why? It's that's like saying bias. right. That's like saying the Saints won Week One. But they lost the Super Bowl. Why does it matter? Well, well that's, that's the last not, game of the that's season. That's not a regular season game versus a regular season. Uh, that's not the same argument. Look, look, don't, I understand what you're saying, but don't. We're talking about awards here. The, the stretch run matters for these things. We've seen them flip like crazy down the stretch. The Heisman's a great example. MVP as well. Um, Every yep. single thing you vote on at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's the, the dumbest question we've ever asked. Like, Breach like, asked a lot of dumb questions. If you deal with humans voting on stuff, <laughs> recency bias is a factor. Yeah, I'm obviously, little, but if you're down to two people and you're looking for a tiebreaker, that's what you know. What's my deciding factor? Because I can't decide between well, Tom the Brady deciding and Aaron factor Rodgers. Is gonna be which which team finishes number one in the NFC. 
that's if the answer be- is the Packers, then Rodgers is going to win. I mean, I think Rodgers is going to win. I agree with Wilson. I, 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 I still think plus 225 is not a terrible bet. Not at all. He won it last year, too. What's the issue with back-to-backs, Breach? Voter fatigue. Mm, that's really my Voter. line. I'll let you have it. Um, no, is that now, your now, let's see about Rodgers. Now, there is one more inter- thing about Rodgers, too. Your thing could be the revenge factor, Princeton. <laughs> the well, Rodgers revenge, revenge factor. Thing. I was going to say vax factor may be an issue because... Uh, vax, vaxter. Yeah, I, could, I mean... Somebody, one of my friends brought that up. They're like, is, Ro- is Rogers not going to win because the vax factor? I was like, I don't think no. that'll matter. Just like it might have rubbed some people the wrong way. And because they won't vote for him. Fortunately, no no Redacted no is an MVP voter. So don't have to worry about that. Uh, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, really, I, don't I, I think if it had happened in week 16, like the news came out about Aaron Rodgers, not, you know, that whole, the way that whole thing unfolded came out in week 16, then maybe it's a bigger deal. But I don't think it was. No I don't think it's a problem for any of the voters now. Who also, they don't care because Omicron's appears to be milder. Everyone's getting no, it. We, we, yeah, yeah, I'm and just the, saying that and the NFL and FLP have changed all the rules. Yeah. Well, I'm just, you know, putting yeah. a bow on it. Um, Rogers hasn't, he's playing with a hurt toe. He's perceived <laughs> to have a lesser toe. So he says, right. He's been Roethlisberger with the injuries. He's fine. Maybe. Yeah, he's running pretty well for a guy. He's, he's the only person I've ever seen with a hurt toe who gets better every week. Right. He's faster with nine toes. Okay, yeah, sure. It's like my annual week 12 back injury where I'm like, oh, I got to go upstairs for a couple hours. Watch succession. Um, if I were voting on this today, I would vote Rodgers. Brady, Mahomes would be intriguing at 10 to 1, but I don't know how you yeah. get there. No, yeah. He has to throw 10 touchdowns the next three weeks. Yeah. Each Each week, not total. You know what's crazy is if you had told somebody nine months ago that neither Dak Prescott nor Joe Burrow would win the comeback player of the year and it would be Nick Bosa who won it, that would be, I think people would be surprised by that. Is anyway, he going to win it? Uh, he's the favorite right now. Anyway, hmm. uh, the Packers beat the Ravens by one point because John Harbaugh went for two at the end of that game. Again. So just to quickly sort of reset this, last three weeks, the Ravens' last possession, last time they touched the ball was when Justin Tucker had an onside kick. They went one for three on the onside kicks. Two out of the three times, they went for two when the game uh, was, uh, they were down one, and Justin Tucker, Hall of Fame kicker, could have tied the game and sent it to overtime. And they are 0 for 2 on these second down, on these two down, on these two point conversions, excuse me, at the end of games that cost them victories. That instead of making them 10 to 4, makes them 8 to 6 outside of the playoffs looking in, as we've discussed. And Harbaugh said at the end of the Packers game, in which the Packers defense looked like they were, uh, they couldn't see the Ravens players. Uh, he said it wasn't analytics, it was gut instinct. And the big issue on uh, the, the analytics Twitterverse is that earlier in the game, and Breach, you might have the specifics because specifics, you usually keep up with these things. That when they cut the lead to uh, what eight, they didn't go for two. They just kicked the extra point. When it was thirty-one to seventeen, if you're going to follow the analytics, you're supposed to go for two once you score a touchdown to cut it thirty-one twenty-three. So that way, if you miss it, because if you're going to play for a tie with two extra points, which is what most coaches do, you make it thirty-one twenty-four, then thirty-one thirty-one, then play for a tie that gives you a better chance of winning. So if it's thirty-one twenty-three and you get the two, it's thirty-one twenty-five, and now you can kick the extra point in the next one. And, uh, you know, you're up 32-31 versus if you miss it, then, you know, you're supposed to hit two-pointers 50% of the time. So the odds say you should hit the second one, even right. though they're independent events. But So the, the, um, the, the only conceivable excuse for not doing it 
that I could think of for Harbaugh was that he knew in advance he was going to go for two if they scored again. And he believed that he he wanted to he wanted to try and win. Go for, for the two math. to win. The no, no, I'm, I'm saying, I, I think he made a mistake. Okay. I think he made a mistake and told himself, all right, I'm going to kick now so we're within seven. And then if we do score again, we can go for two and a chance to win the game. Now, that ignores the fact that you would have left 42 seconds on the clock for Aaron Rodgers to go set up a field goal. Um, I, and I also, go ahead. I, I just, that's the only excuse. I, I tried to word it on Twitter. I couldn't do it. That was the only <laughs> excuse I could come up with Twitter. for why Harbaugh might have done that. But yes, if you were planning to go for two to win the game, then you should 100% go for two on the previous touchdown, especially when the analytics say to do it anyway, because then, as Breach points out, you could score a touchdown with 42 seconds left and kick a Justin Tucker extra point to go up one point. Like, if that's your plan, go earlier. It's I, it's, it's wild that he didn't do that. I disagreed with um, both times he did it in the Steelers game two weeks ago and, and tonight against the, the Packers. But at least in the Pittsburgh game, he was out of cornerbacks, and he said, I, I just don't want to mess with it because the, the Steelers play well in the second half for some reason because they don't listen to the offensive coordinator at that point. But <laughs> against the Packers, and John Harbaugh didn't use his excuse, but I was wondering if he would say, well, I didn't want to put Aaron Rodgers back out there. You mentioned the 42 seconds. But here's the thing. Put Tyler Huntley back out there if you win the coin toss because that Packers defense looked terrible. And then, again, like I said two weeks ago, you get into the 35, 40-yard line, and then you let Justin Tucker finish it. Well, there you go, Wilson. The Packers defense looked terrible. And this is why, you know, obviously, if he was going to go for two, he should have done it the first time. So right, I, I believe that, but I also understand his gut instinct to go for the two-point conversion there. I didn't hate it because you just said the Packers defense looked gassed. That's what John Harbaugh's seeing. He's seeing that my offense just put up 125 yards in the final five minutes of the fourth quarter. They are running up and down the field. The Packers can't stop us. So why not go for the win here? Because if you kick the extra point, there's a chance your offense doesn't get back on the field the rest of the game. As Brinson mentioned, there's still 42 seconds left. Uh, if it goes to overtime, maybe you lose the coin toss. So this might've been your last chance to have your offense out there and to have them put you in the lead. That was the only guaranteed play you were going to get for the rest of this game, whether it went to overtime or not. And so because of that, and because they were going up and down the field, the final five minutes, of the fourth quarter, I didn't mind that Harbaugh went for two, even though he should have gone for two the first time, but that, you know, like these are two, I can disagree with that, but also agree with the fact that sure. uh, that would have been my gun. And I, I, just, for two I think too. he got it in his mind. If we, if we get a chance to tie this game up, I'm going for two for the win. And that's why he put, that's why he kicked on the previous one, because otherwise I feel very confident he goes for two because he's so analytics heavy. You know what I'm saying? That's that's again, that's the only excuse I could possibly come up with. Are and we, whether they kick the one or go for the two and get it, Aaron Rodgers still has 42 seconds. So none of the no matter which one he did, they could have still lost the game in regulation. The other Maybe. argument, and this is I hate to use the word, but the uh -oh. phrase, but game theory is that oh boy. Oh boy. if you go for two and you get it, and Aaron Rodgers is down one. You incentivize him to try and go with 42 seconds to go win the game in regulation as opposed to going to overtime. Well, and they would. I mean, they did against the 49ers uh, earlier this season. He only had 37 seconds, and he was trailing 28 to 27, and he drove straight down the field, got in field goal range, and Mason Crosby drilled it, drilled it and they won 30 to 28. So yeah. what you're saying effectively, Breach, and I think you basically said this two weeks ago, if I'm putting words in your mouth, let me know, that you don't consider Justin Herbert that valuable. Justin Herbert, he's very valuable. Justin Tucker, that valuable. In overtime. Oh, 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 oh. In overtime, Ohio, in overtime. Town Hall. 
He tried right. to talk to the duck again. <laughs> I love it. He just doesn't realize that the duck is stronger than he is. <laughs> I don't That's know what it sounds like. The duck. You're trying to block the dunk, and the dunk is just dunking on you. Um, no, right. I, I do not think a player is potentially valuable in overtime who might not be on the field at all. Okay, because well, if you lose the coin toss, he he never sees the field. So you're you're banking on something that might not happen. Yeah, uh, but you're talking about going for two is a 50-50 proposition. The coin flips a fifth, literally a 50-50 proposition. And right, they're over. A, but there's also 42 seconds left in the game. So it's, you 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 have to get to the coin toss, and that's there's no guarantee you're going to. Well, they they're zero and two in, in their two attempts. So keep going for it, and maybe they'll get it eventually. As we mentioned in the playoff picture portion of the program, Packers clinched a division title. We talked about the MVP, and we should note Aaron Rodgers tied Brett Favre with the most career touchdown passes in Packers history, four hundred and forty-two. Do you know who is third? It's an easy guess, but do you know how many he has? Bart Starr. Bart Starr. Do you know how many he has? What uh? What, what's the record? Four four two. Four four two. Two twenty five. Are they tied? Rodgers and Favre are tied at 442. Uh, I'll go 169. That's a funny guess, but close. Closer in breach. 152. What? Which is insane. He has the third most of all time. Like, what a run for these guys. Also, Matt LaFleur, just the third coach since 1970 to win at least 11 games in each of his first three seasons. Who knows if he's a good coach? Uh, any concerns I, about the Packers? He's, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh and Chuck Pagano are the other two. Any concerns right, about the who Packers? Knows? Who knows if he's a good coach? Both guys got fired quickly thereafter. Yeah. Any concerns about the Packers? I think their special teams and to some extent their defense, depending on who they are able to get back, are a concern. Yeah, a lot of extent their defense because <laughs> they yeah, had their no defense, answers. Their defense could be problematic. They had no answers for Tyler Hundley, undrafted, who in retrospect should have been drafted according to Twitter, and Mark Andrews, who was running wide-ass open throughout well, the game. That's like a schematic – just put two guys on Mark Andrews. He's their only or offense. one guy. How about that? Anybody? I mean, cover Mark Andrews. Why yeah. is that a complicated idea? And he wasn't even, he was in single coverage on the two point conversion, too. He would run to those yeah. sticks and turn around and be wide open every time. The Packers keep piecing these wins together, and they're, none of them are super dominant, especially when they play good teams. And so at the, we just have this comfort. Like, how good are they? Are they are they the best team in the NFC, or are they not? Because they keep or the, the, all feels, the games are close. It feels like we're hurtling towards, I believe, a third straight NFC Championship <laughs> game against a white hot opponent. And it's like, it, you know, this old um, uh, what's a GTA or Grand Theft Auto screenshot where the guys walk in the alley. It's like, oh bleep, here we go again. It just. You know what I'm talking about? The, I don't. I never played Grand Theft. I mean, I played Atari. It's, it's, this guy's walking into an alley, like, oh, here we go again. You know, it's like the Packers have to go and just. I, I don't know who it'll be. Maybe it's Brady. Maybe it's. Um, you know who the winner Vince. is, and and when that happens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, because Aaron Rodgers is marching out of town like Vince McMahon coming down the aisle on his way to Pittsburgh, baby. I think Rodgers is staying now. I'm convinced he's staying next year. Okay, I don't know because I was way wrong by the summer. There's no. There, you're not going to win anywhere else. Like as as easily as you're going to win in, in Green Bay. Anyway, let's move on. We got a lot of games to get to. Someone will be fast. Don't worry. By the way, from ESPN, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, zero and three against the Saints this year, twenty-one and three against everyone else. That is that's a fun fact. There Thank you, Debo. I've never seen that before, Debo. <laughs> He's like, oh, here we go again. You got to watch YouTube. If you're on audio, you got to watch YouTube yeah. to understand Brinson's uh, GTA references. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Got a funked up ratio of uh, people watching, people who hit the like button. If we get to a buck fifty, we will uh, give away a hat, a hat that says Brinson sucks on it to one lucky podcast watcher 
slash the hats are in the mail. Mm-hmm. The check is in the mail. Steelers 19, Titans 13. The Titans held a pregame meeting on the Steelers logo. What was that about? Which I saw that Paul Kaharski tweets out that the Steelers have done that, or the, the Titans, excuse me, have done that every year since like for like three years. In Pittsburgh? No, no, no. Like every game. Is that true, Breach? I have no idea. I was just going to say, if you do do that, you don't do it the week after the Raiders just got destroyed. Like it's a headline right now. People are looking for it. Mm. Yeah, so this is not the week call. you do it. Yeah, people are looking for an excuse. Oh, these guys stomped on the logo. The uh, TJ Watt set the record for most sacks in a single season by a Steelers player, seventeen and a half. Mm-hmm. James Harrison held it uh, in two thousand eight with sixteen. TJ Watt fifteen was uh, fourth highest. Mm. The Titans are three and three since Derrick Henry went down, averaging 18.3 points per game, down over 10 points per game, down 75 yards per game in terms of production, and have more turnovers in those six games than the eight previously, including four just, I mean. Each turnover was worse than the one that preceded it in terms of (laughs) being sloppy, unbelievable, something that you can't wrap your brain around. They didn't score in the second half. They could have won this game by 50 points because they've ran up and down the street on the Steelers defense, which I, I've you talk about, about this game. I'm going to use the bathroom real quick. as being terrible. Um, Dante Foreman might be, he looked like Derrick Henry out there breach. He, he was so good that he looked like he broke his ankle in the fourth quarter, came back in and converted a fourth down or a third short, whichever it was. And uh sheer force of will, but the turnovers, I, so the first one, first one was Ferkser fumbled on a on a dumb play. The second the one of the ones in the in the second half was uh I can't remember who one of the, the receivers fumbled and um McMath fumbled the uh, McMath and and yeah. and uh Joe Hayden, who hadn't played in a month, made a fantastic catch on it. And and it would have I don't know if it'd have been incomplete or not. It, it was sort of in between the the there. And then I think that Ryan Tannehill had one interception that was tipped on a great play, and the other was a, a bobble snap that somehow Foreman couldn't fall on. And Tannehill actually pulled sort of a Cam Newton in the Super Bowl where he saw it and didn't really make an attempt at it, probably because he thought Foreman was going to get it, whatever. But if you're the Titans, if you're Mike Vrabel, did you watch a good part of this game? Uh, most of the fourth quarter. That was about it. Yeah, I don't know, because you're a Nashville resident. If you're Mike Vrabel, there's no excuse for losing this football game. Yeah, I mean, if you're up 13-3 to three on an offense that struggles like Pittsburgh's, there is a zero percent reason why they should have been able to come back i mean you don't blow that lead you don't you can't turn the ball over on three straight possessions in the fourth or i guess the the first one was in the third quarter but like i mean that's just embarrassing and and the the Tannehill's fumbled snap under center was just i was just shaking my head because all i could think was last night i was defending him against carson wentz yeah the next day now i feel silly because he's out there turning the ball over twice in key situations Although, like you said, the interception was a great play, but still, um, I mean, and if you're the Titans, this was not the game you wanted to let get away from you. And I mean, this puts them in a rough spot. I don't know how the Titans lost this game. Like I, I typically have a pretty good sense of how the Steelers do are going to do win and lose and against the spread. And I was talked into taking the Steelers and covering this game. And I did not feel good about it. And the 13 to three start made me feel not good about it. Uh, We're just recapping it, Brinson, but I will say this. Um, and this has nothing to do with either the Titans or the Steelers, but the way that game ended with the officials um, oh on, on, a, on a fourth down play, the ball was thrown by Tannehill to the receiver uh, who came up a full oh three feet short of the sticks. 
the official, and this is the thing that drives me crazy about the officials. They run from behind the play, from the line of scrimmage to where the play appears to end, and they mark it just based on a general idea of where they think the, the player goes down. And they were a good two feet, 11 inches off on where that player went down. He was a clear yard behind the sticks. The ball should have been turned over, no questions asked. And it was, remember when Gene Steratore a few years ago did oh, the, it was uh, the index card situation? The index card right. trick. And that could have, it, it could have been a first down eyeballing it. They called it the right way. And then I think they went upstairs and pulled a Brinson, which irritates them. And they got the call right. But I don't know what the hell's going on and why they, because we see it all the time where the officials mark the ball. One of the officials on the far side marks it one place. The near side official marks it six inches or seven inches one way or the other. It's so imprecise, and it is absolutely idiotic, and it doesn't need to be that way. I, I will say, and I agree, that the way that the NFL does all of this just in terms of the process and why they can't be more sort of uh, open book about it and like give us a cam, give us a, a feed on NFL.com of the officials watching the situations unfold and let us see how like, they do that soccer. Yeah, exactly. Now I agree Wait, they you. reviewed it and the ball never got moved. Like they kept it where it was. Right. And right. <laughs> and then the measurement fell short, which is like felt like the NFL's makeup call that oh we didn't move it, but, no, but then they then they announced that they looked at it as a whole that he was not there. I don't know if they moved it after that. No, 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 because no, so right. So because I was I mean I had several bets on the Steelers in this game. And um so, all right, so what happened was that they, they spotted it. It was a terrible spot. And this is where I want to praise the NFL officials for actually they slowed the game down and they made sure that the right outcome and the correct outcome. Tony Robo said during the telecast, I don't, I don't know if you're listening, but he said they're going to spot the ball in a hurry, but then they'll, they'll stop it because it was inside yes. two minutes. And they, they, they blew it dead and they bring out the chains to measure it where the ball is. And I think what they were doing, I think they realized they'd screwed up. And they were trying to, because they they put the chains out, and it's like, like it, it was probably a first down based on where they spotted it. Looked like it even after they measured like, it. They're like, they're like, it's not, it's not, it's not a first down. It's first, first down, uh, Steelers. And Vrabel is losing his. He's like, he's like, what are you talking about? That ball is at the chain, bro. Well, and, the funny thing is, prior to the measuring, Vrabel on the sidelines goes, it's short. He he saw the replay he knew where yeah, the ball yeah, was yeah, he did he said he goes uh this replay is gonna show it short like what are we doing here but they were they were basically trying to do it without the replay thing then the nfl buzzed in and said tell them that this was clearly short initially and they uh, they eventually they initially did like they initially ruled it correctly so they I, I know what you're saying i agree it was a terrible spot but they got it right and that's kind of important no, I think the important thing is that you do get it right, but the the rules are such that they they don't do it consistently. And again, the mechanics for me is why is a sixty five year old man, I'm just I'm guessing sixty five, running from the line of scrimmage and eyeballing where the player was tackled eight yards down the field and getting it wrong by two and a half feet. I mean, right, you want to get rich? Invent these chips that go in the football. Wait, what do you mean invent the chips? They're like, out there. Five minutes after a touchdown happens, you're like Tyreek Hill. Uh, broke the record for fastest yeah. ball carrier, and they're like, "Here are the 17 different spots he touched." Put an the iPhone Steelers. inside the football. <laughs> Wilson, Wilson, you were saying you had no idea how the Steelers won. Uh, this was the first win, any all first win this year by a team that did not total more than 170 yards of offense since the start of the 2019 season. Teams were one and 23. So this was the second win, and then also this was the first loss this year. Uh, by a team that had 39 minutes or more possession wow. in a game that did not go to overtime. Teams were 10-0 and 
uh, if they had the ball 39 minutes or more in regulation. The Titans had a, had a drive in the second quarter that went over eight and a half minutes, and Steelers at that point had a drive. They had only had the ball for eight minutes total. The Titans had 78 plays to 45 plays. And even more improbable, Ben Roethlisberger scored on a quarterback sneak his first touchdown. His second run of the, his second run of the game. Well, he did two quarterback sneaks, which is so. I mean, he ran on he ran on third down, or was it second? He ran on second down, and it was wide open. And he just fell forward onto his face. It was yeah. Incredible. I mean, the the gravity sucked him to the earth before he could get his little chubby <laughs> legs moving. He scored on the second quarterback sneak. <laughs> he didn't realize there was going to be a hole open. He just went. Burr. So yeah, first time in three years he's he's like scored a rushing oak. touchdown. Yeah, it's exactly towering felt, over. I mean, it was pretty insane how. It was a fun game to watch. Like I, I right. enjoy watching the Steelers when there are no expectations because these sort of games are fun. Um, but like I said, yes, I think maybe it was yesterday. Breach. If they they won this game, now all they got to do is beat the Chiefs, and they're going into the playoffs. So you they went it. to they went to halftime down thir- uh, thirteen recap. three, thirteen three, and then there's this insane series where it was two punts and then fumble, pick, and fumble, and the. Fu- the percentage chances that you actually get the ball on those turnovers were really low. Like no touchdowns off the turnovers either. No, no, yeah, of course not. They get all field goals. But and it Chris, was like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say Chris Boswell was the MVP of this game, and he he smoked a fifty-six yard at the end of the first half. Tomlin, through lack of game management, blew about a minute. Uh, he could have been closer, but he smoked a fifty-six yard that came up short, and I think that had to do with the weather. It was probably in the twenties there, but anyway. Um, He's very important to what they do, and he won. They won because of him. the The Steelers are kind of oddly frisky. Man. Smash that like button if you're in the YouTube chat. We got a couple more to give away a hat. How do we feel about that? Because yesterday, Breach mentioned this while you were away for a second about how he'd rather have Tannehill than than Wentz, and we all agreed. Any change on that? Because the, the, the Titans' offensive line sucks. The, the Titans are not good right now. Julio Jones went out with a hamstring injury. Can I lose these AFC South bets? No. Oh, ooh, I don't know. Just beat the Texans and they're good, right, Breach? Shouldn't we decide that? I mean, it's it feels a little more interesting now, but I think it was always a possibility. You know, like, this game had a one-point spread. There was always a possibility the Titans didn't win it. And How again, Vegas, no. the Colts have – if the Titans beat – the Texans and get the 10 and f- get the 10 wins. The Colts have to win all of their remaining games to win the division. They're playing well. And they play the Cardinals, Jags and Raiders. And suddenly the Cardinals look. And like- if the Titans win two of their th- final three games, they win the division. Do we want to sprinkle plus anything? Ryan on the Colts was talking about Ryan Wilson was talking about dropping 10 grand on the Titans last night. Did I say that? You did, you did say that. God. It was like, it was 24 like negative 2,500. Yeah, it was minus twenty five hundred. Colts were plus eleven hundred. Oh, I did say that. that's right. Sprinkle some on the Colts right now. Good thing we, uh, we talked five Ryan to one's not a, five to one's not enough because you're talking about a six game parlay. Imagine or, if uh, Wilson was doing this podcast from under a bridge because imagine, he had to bet the ten grand. Imagine when I get off this podcast and I check my phone and I actually bet ten grand on the Titans. <laughs> well, no Christmas worse, kids. There's no nothing worse than waking up and you're like, "Whoa, who put that bet in?" Right. <laughs> what? I had a, I actually had one of those. We'll talk about it next, but um. The so the, for the Colts to win, they have to win out, and the Titans have to lose out, right? Is that well, yeah. I mean, if the Titans lose out, they have to finish with one more win than the Titans, right? No matter how that happens. So Titans have oh, to the, be. But there's eight. only three well, more I mean, if the, if the Titans don't win another game, then the Colts could go two and one. Right, Titans could would be nine and eight. Okay, that's what you're saying. And they be ten and seven. The the, the Colts. But, but my point was, do not bet the Colts at five to one. 
but because you could bet you could pick out a couple of the the games in oh, that in, in money line parlay them like do an open money line parlay it'll be like it's really more like 15 to 1 something so like i think that. that i feel like the the chance that the colts go 3-0 in those games that breach just mentioned uh 52 percent. and what do the titans have left the titans are san francisco <laughs> at home on thursday okay they're three point dogs in that game the Miami at home in week 17 and at Houston in week 18. I think they could lose two games. And I'll say, I say they go two and one. I'll put that at 48%. So 52% that the Colts go three and zero, oh, and then 48% of the Titans go. Two well, if they go one. two and one, they win the division. I know, but that's, that's just the, the wins over Wilson percentages I'm putting on it. Wait, if they go two and one and the Colts go three and zero, oh, the Titans still win. The Titans win. They have the same record, but the strength of schedule, uh, the tiebreakers. Titans swept them. Yes, I'm aware that Titans swept them. You oh, sure you seem, you seem confused about <laughs> I just that. Did, I just plugged it in. It said... Well, Breach yeah. plugged it into his little fat-headed uh, computer. If they finish with the same record, the Titans win the division. Right, but if the Titans go one and two... Two and one. If they go said, one and yeah, two... Yeah, the Titans go one. two and one. They're, sorry, sorry. I thought... I, yeah. yeah, yes. Sorry. If the Titans go two and one, it's over. But if the right. Titans go one and two, and the Colts go, I was just giving you the ones over three and zero. Oh, then the Colts are in. Yeah, you you can get better odds doing it. Um. All right. Anyway, let's let's move on to. All right. Let's plow through these. Let's go. We're, we're, I literally said, oh, um, we're only like the third game. I know. Well, some of these games are gonna be really really short. We'll see. Bengals fifteen, Broncos ten. We have talked about the Bengals. All right. Uh, next game. <laughs> Jeez, please. <laughs> Uh, Teddy Bridgewater suffered a scary head injury. Golly, and, that was terrible. Uh, and he was carted off and is spending the uh, evening in the hospital out of caution, but by all accounts doing okay, according to what the Broncos and Vic Fangio have sent out. So that is very good. Weird play, too, because he was in the air, and it looked like the the defensive player, I can't remember his name, Breach, uh, he hurt his uh, knee, and it just looked like Teddy landed sort of awkwardly, but he banged his head from about, six or seven feet in the air from the leap that he did and banged himself, knocked himself out to the point that it, it looked pretty hairy there for a second. So I'm glad. I mean, the second such injury breach in like four days, including Donald Parham, where somebody was carted off with a, a major Kid, a guy in the Jets game. I don't remember his name was carted off as well. Same, same circumstances. So it's been a uh, tough stretch for, and, and it, what my thought was after these three young men have been carted off is that, uh, and the NFL keeps adding these stupid games to the schedule and, you know, trying to, poo-poo the fact that the health concerns are real. Yeah, and you feel sad for Teddy Bridgewater, too. I mean, he has that team seven and six. He's trying to rejuvenate his career. He's done a really good job this season. And then, you know, have something like that in a key game where you know he wants to be out there. And then, you know, obviously. Because no one was doing anything offensively for either side uh, up to in the first half anyway. And I also feel bad for Drew Drew Locke because he had to come in and and play the way he played. Well, Drew Locke played the way you expect Drew Locke to play. Right, that was the concern because I had bet the Yolo and Broncos to cover. Yeah, he. The thing is with Drew Lock, he's obviously a better athlete, but he's just so inaccurate that you you can't count on him consistently. What was your biggest takeaway breach uh, that made you happiest about the way uh, the fifteen point Bengals played in that football game? Well, so my biggest takeaway is that Evan McPherson, the kicker, oh boy, he crushed it, was the MVP of the game for the Bengals. He hit a fifty three yarder. And a 58-yarder, which set the Bengals franchise record for longest field goal. Who uh, held the previous record? Randy Boyd. I did. That I is think- fantastic. <laughs> oh, we missed. 
I'm sure what kind of record Nugent, is that? Mike Nugent hit a 57 yarder in the playoffs, but okay. that doesn't count as the official record. It's who, it's who was it? Breach said had a better game, or Joe Burrow had a better game then? Who was it? Like yeah, 10 minutes? I said Joe Burrow won, so he had a better game. Then who? Mac Jones. And Mac yeah, Jones. Oh, Joe Burrow was 15 Jones. to 22 for a buck 57 in that touchdown. Uh, did you Hall see his Famer. touchdown? His team won. Like, what, yeah, yeah, what yeah, else yeah. Won? Tyler Boyd ran for, I think, 50. Yeah, because Joe Burrow yards. threw a dime and let him perfectly. Look, Joe Burrow is like, awesome. I, I wouldn't want to play Joe Burrow in the Bengals in the playoffs. He's the opposite of Andy Dalton. Like, you knew Andy Dalton was going to crap his diaper every time he got in the postseason. And Joe Burrow is just a gamer who wins late. Like, he wins. I will say also, this was the first Bengals game all year where I bet on a Bengals game. I, I don't like, I don't bet on the Bengals because, but I was so sure they were going to win huh. that I bet money on them. All right. All right. The Are the Broncos dead at 7-7? Seven seven? Yes, come on now. Yeah, there's too many good teams in the AFC. It's too stacked. Probably. I mean, yeah. And okay. they have, what, the, the Raiders, Chargers, and Chiefs? Two and one, best case there. They could play the Titans. Yeah, two, and, two and one would be a miracle. Nine and eight doesn't get you in in the AFC. And we talked about the Bengals uh, plenty about. Breach is Jamar Chase a bust? He went. He had one catch for three yards. <laughs> He's killed a bunch of fantasy teams. Like you know what? If if other teams, if they're going to start focusing on Jamar Chase so that uh, Tyler Boyd can have a fifty-six yard touchdown and almost go for hundred yards, that's that's good. Because if Joe Burrow is looking more at his other receivers, that was an issue earlier in the season. He wasn't looking at. Uh, guys like Tyler Boyd as much as T Higgins as much. And then, and then Higgins got involved. Now we're seeing Boyd get involved. And so if you're getting later in the season, Burrow's looking at all three of them. That's a good thing for the Bengals offense. All right. Uh, two more very quick things on this game because we're lingering too long on it, but uh, it's worth noting if the Browns won, if the Browns win on Monday at 5 PM against the Raiders, the Browns would, wouldn't they move into first? In the yes. Division? Yes. Okay. And the breach explained the, the the what would happen the fallout from there. Uh, Baker, two, uh, by the way, says he's asymptomatic, so we'll see if he plays. Uh, two, there's a uh, comment in the chat from Terry Clark, uh, Debo. If we could throw it up, I think it's a good question for breach. Hi, breach. How likely this is the YouTube chat? If you're watching on YouTube right now while we're live at friggin' twelve thirty in the morning on a Sunday for the eight out of ten days in a row where we're going to be live mm -hmm. at this mm -hmm. ridiculous hour as we're trying to spend Christmas with our families, throw us a like. Hit the like. We need like two more to get the giveaway a hat. Hey, Breach, how likely do you see the Bengals at Browns week 18 to be flexed into Sunday night football? Great question, Terry. Terry, this is a great question. I was actually texting about this uh, earlier today. With, this with your good friend, Terry Clark? Is with <laughs> my, my good friend, Barry Clark. So it's shocking ah, that somebody with the same name. No, but we were the whole scenario that we brought up, we're like, what if it goes to a situation where it's Bengals Browns week 18 Sunday night, where if the Bengals win, they win the division, but if they lose, they're out of the playoffs. And that would be like a nightmare scenario. But I, I think that if you look at the games in week 18, there aren't a lot of options that feel good right now. Uh, but Bengals Browns is definitely one of them. So I would not be surprised at all. Is there a situation where the one you described where the Bengals could be in or out based on the outcome of week 18? Yeah, I mean, there's so many games that have to fall into place, but if if the uh Browns yeah, yeah, and definitely if well, the Browns and Bengals are both nine and seven going into week eighteen and the winner wins the division at ten and seven, the loser falls to nine and eight, I'm that would probably knock the loser out. So my follow up is that uh Debo, can we stream yard yes. that? Yes. Because <laughs> yes. I will if be the Bengals, if the Bengals playoff <laughs> hopes are on the line in week eighteen on Sunday night football. We're firing up at halftime. I will be watching in a closet with no internet. I was going to say, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be unbearable after the Steelers have been uh, eliminated for weeks. 
uh, worth noting on that week 18 game where they flex it, they pick the game that has the most interest and playoff implications without impacting other games. Yeah. So they don't want to pick a game where, like, if the Steelers win at 1 p.m., the Bengals are like, all right, we can't win the division, but we're in the playoffs. We'll sit our, we'll sit our exactly. players. So right. And they're also having two, figured out two flex games that Saturday night uh, that will be on ESPN. More work. And that will probably, they'll put games there that can set up, uh, you know, a crazy finish on Sunday. Okay. Let's keep moving. We're <laughs> going slower. We're flying. Right, so this one's not going to take long. Bills 31, Panthers 14. The uh, two most interesting things about this game. Because I watched this whole game because it's on locally, and I had a max bet on the Bills as my my favorite bet of the week, minus 10.5. I bet it early. Uh, early. It didn't matter if the Bills covered every possible number, but <laughs> goodness gracious. I mean, what I, I, I don't. So the Bills have a chance to kick to go up 13 late on a fourth and two. The game's <sighs> over, basically. And they, they decide to go for it. And they roll Josh Allen out, and he finds Gabriel Davis for a touchdown. I realize it's a boring game; no one cares, but it wide ass open too. But like that's why that's why people watch the NFL. That's why the ratings are so nuts. This is a dog crap game, and I'm hanging on the edge of my seat, wondering what's going to happen with my Bills minus ten and a half. And then even I had to sweat out a, a Cam Newton drive. But the 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 Not bigger really. story from this game breach. And I'll let you break it down, Wilson. If you need to go hit the head or anything, this would be a great time for it because Breach is going to give us a kicking breakdown of all the things that happened before this game. Uh, oh, yeah. Zane Gonzalez, right? Wasn't it Zane Gonzalez? It was Zane Gonzalez. You know, yeah. I, uh, Zane Gonzalez hurts his quad in warmups, and they have this video leading up to the game where Zane Gonzalez is like, oh, my God, I, I can't kick. Okay, so yeah, they shot. Drag out, they drag out P.J. Walker. Uh, Brandon, they had, they had uh, guys lined up. It was like third-grade kickball. And just yeah. next, trying next. out, see who could kick the best because they need they had an emergency kicker situation. I have a question, uh, Breach. Just... After you, you describe what happened. Go ahead, Breach. Break it down. So you have Zane, you have Zane Gonzalez in warmups. He's kicking a field goal. He follows through, and all of a sudden, he just like keels over. And that is the last thing you want to see from your kicker. You can see like five Panthers trainers just rush to him, like, "Oh God, our kicker is probably not going to be able to play this game." And you could see their like thought process going like, oh, God, we don't have another kicker on the roster. What the heck are we going to do? So the Panthers decide uh, Gonzalez ended up having a quad injury, got ruled out of the game. And uh, I guess Matt rules like, guys, we don't have a kicker. So we need to have some impromptu tryouts right now. So they're rolling out like a running back, a linebacker, a wide receiver, their all backup these, quarterback, uh, PJ Walker. Yeah. As Brenton mentioned, all these guys are literally putting a football on a tee because they need someone to kick off. But and if you watch if you watch the clips of what they show where this is all happening behind them is basically the entire Bills team. There's like, what the hell is going on? What are these clowns doing? Yeah, the Bills are like, this isn't practice, bro. This is an actual game. This is not like a preseason where you just let random people kick. And if you're the Panthers, you're thinking, yeah, well, we can go for it on fourth down with enough kick field goals. We can go for two point conversions, but you do need a kicker because you have to kick off at some point, at least once, even if you get shut out. So you need someone who can do that. And so, uh, yeah, it was just uh, – it was ridiculous. Brandon Zilcher kicked off the second half. Yes. And it, it was like the camera the camera guy who does this for a living constantly or you know, every every week is you know, follow the kicker as he runs up and then shoot up. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, crap, it's a wide receiver. And he pans down. This worm burners are flying like through the ground. I, I mean, I, I know a bunch of people um, – 
this is smart. I wish I thought of this. I was I was late to the scene, but a bunch of people bet no field, no under Carolina field goals. You bet uh, the game will end in an even the Panthers uh, team total will be even score because they're going to go for every two point conversion. They're not going to get you know there'd be no odd numbers. And made a bunch of money doing it. That's a really fascinating you know, sequence of of wagering. And, and, and it really and also it kind of changes the complexion of the game because like the pan the Panthers drove down the field their first two drives and at least one of them they would kick the field was at a fourth and nine from Buffalo's twenty four. Yep. And they ended up going. I mean, it's fourth and nine. You're kicking a field goal. But unless you don't have a kicker, then you're going for it. And they didn't get it. And so that was three points they left on the board. I think it happened again in the second half. So they had at least three drives where they would have gotten field goals when this was a close game. I mean, this game was, what, 17 to eight until late in the third quarter. So, you know, you give yourself those two or three field goals and you're only down or at 17, 17. Yeah, so, I, I I think this is a or sorry. Go ahead, Wilson. Oh, a couple things. Number one, it's pretty hard to actually pull your quad kicking a football or anything. <laughs> it's sort of weird to pull like you can you can like tweak your hammy or maybe sure. your calf, but the front of your leg is sort of weird. Number one. Number two, this reflects extremely poorly on Matt Rule. Now, I don't know if the 31 other teams don't have plans for day, uh, game day kicking situations, but I'll bring it back to what I always bring it back what to. What would Bill Belichick have? What would Bill Belichick do? Right. And he, he has a Wes Welford on the roster. Down a no kicker? Come on. Doug Flutie can drop kick it. I mean, there's you can go down the list of things, and I would say – if you know that you only have one kicker that's going to be ready, I would take five minutes out of the pra- uh, out of practice once or twice a week and have some randos just kick so you have an idea, so you're not scrambling a conga line five minutes before kickoff to sort of sort this out. Well, it look- it, yeah, most teams do have someone kick. Like Odell Beckham can kick. It's surprising. It it's just like what? It, it, you look like a moron. Yeah, can sue an extra point. Chad Johnson can kick. Anyone can kick. You got no one else on the roster that can kick. Matt well, Rule? usually, usually they give the job to the punter. So if a kicker gets hurt, you'll have the punter kick off or kick field goals. But special situation for the Panthers, their punter Lachlan Edwards is from Australia, where they don't do place kicking there. All you do is punt because you're playing rugby. So but he's they never do drop kicks. I think don't they? He, he's football? never place kicked a football. His, I'm sure he's tried to place it. But anyway, he. But you can drop kick it. it. That's my point. You can drop kick it. I think they do drop kicks Australia. You can drop kick it. Uh, yeah, I think Michael Dixon might drop kick the kick. Whatever. I guess the Panthers didn't want to do that, and Lachlan Edwards did not kick off, even the, though he was the punter. I, I agree completely. One, Matt Rule, uh, it reflects poorly on him. And then two, I I think the, the Bills are in this weird, like, little funked up headspace thing over, over and they're playing at the Patriots next week, where it starts with that windy game in New England. Then you have the Tampa Bay game where they're, you know, Sean McDermott's crying at halftime. They make a miracle comeback, but still lose. And then look, this is a, this is as I told Breach on the early odd show, which is in the feed now. This is a big game for Sean McDermott because he coached at Carolina for a long time, and I think they even with no Ron Rivera there, he, he and Brady Breen wanted to win this game, and now you're going back to New England. So it's like, I mean. I'm a, I'm concerned about the Bills' headspace. And by the way, the, I was wrong about the drop kicks. I'm getting crushed in the comments. Uh, Aussie rules football, no drop kicks. So my bad. But yeah, Wilson, the, you've got to be on our Aussie rules podcast before I you're know. qualified to I, talk I, about the Aussie rules. I got I, I got out of my lane on that one. But yeah, <laughs> to the to the point about the Bills. I mean, at least they won. You know, do you feel better about the Bills or the Titans right now? Uh, Bills for sure. And I actually think Bills' futures are not crazy because they could get hot in the playoffs, but I just, they haven't been, things are a little dicey the last few weeks for the bills from a headspace mentality. It should be concerning 49ers, 31 
Falcons 13. Told you all the 49ers are going to roll. The Falcons don't beat good teams, and the 49ers right now are a good team. I took Falcons the Falcons. The, I took the Falcons plus nine. So just that was a mistake. Golly, and I, God, I, I hate that I, team. I made so I, I did pretty well in this game because I had 49ers pregame, took them live when it was like three to three, and then grabbed 49ers second half because it was frankly a beatdown. But Atlanta Start missed finish. Atlanta went for a bunch of fourth downs inside the five or ten. Yeah, well, so I wouldn't I wouldn't feel completely dumb for taking the the Falcons to cover because if they had any any red zone plays in their any good red zone plays in their playbook this game would have been a lot closer as Brinson just said go ahead sorry three times they had the ball inside of San Francisco's 10 yard line and all three times came away with zero points that includes two possessions getting down to the one yard line one of the possessions getting down to the eight yard line they went for it on fourth down in all three possessions failed all three times they ran five plays in this game from the 49ers one yard line it did not score on any of those five plays so they literally i mean left possibly three touchdowns on the board a minimum you should have gotten a touchdown and two field goals i mean it was so insanely bad that that's when you said arthur smith should be get a raise or something earlier mm-hmm. she get fired for the sequence they're, they're the first team since at least 2000, which is the furthest back that our research team can check on this particular statistic, to turn the ball over on downs three times inside the opponent's 10-yard line in one game. That's insane. That is, and Which means that this probably goes back to like, I mean, it might go back to pre-Super Bowl era. I mean, that's hard to do. So we go back and forth on this. Times inside the ten yard line and don't and turn over, turn it over on downs. Three. We times? go back and forth on this from one week to the next. Would you rather be Big Ben or Matt Ryan? Um, Big Ben because I'm out after this year. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think I mean you have to feel better about your chances, even though. Would you rather like, have or be? Just be like this year, playing on the teams you're playing on. I think it's Big Ben as we sit here, but again, it changes every week because Matt Ryan takes a whooping. Oh my God, he gets bludgeoned every week. And that team is not very good, and they somehow won six games, which is it's, to me is a it's a I'm, I'm telling you, if they play anyone good, fade them. If they play anyone bad, bet on them. That's the, that's that's just yeah, how you beat the Falcons. That's good advice. The, the four uh, Nick Bosa looked awesome. Jeff Wilson over 100 yards. Jimmy G playing pretty well these days. Debo Samuel. Is is doing his thing. The second best running back in the league after Cordero Patterson. <laughs> That's right. Seven rushing touchdowns, which is tied for the NFL record for most by a receiver. Jimmy G, 18 to 23, 235 and a touch. George Kittle is having a monster run to close the season. This 49ers team does have a don't want to play him in the playoffs feel. And by the way, I need to apologize to them because I was crushing them a month ago, maybe a little more than that. Because you know, I wasn't didn't... crushing them. Wilbur S. Brinson. Thank you. I will will deliver the information to Kyle Shanahan. All right. Well, we'll have plenty of time. They play Thursday. We can talk about the 49ers in the future. They play play Titans, right? Titans in Nashville on Thursday. Nashville. Cowboys 20. Again, these games are going to go fast because there ain't a whole lot to talk about. Um. Okay, hold on. Jalen Jalen LeGrant wants us to say, should Nick Bosa get Defensive Player of the Year consideration? You were just talking about it. What are the odds? He's probably 10 to 1. Or oh, less. I thought you saw them. I thought that's why you were talking. No, no, about. I don't. No, no. Somebody in the chat wanted to know. Uh, by the uh, way, so, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Darius Trevon Leonard. Diggs, Micah Parsons, and who did you just say? Darius Leonard. Uh, Darius Leonard, I guess. But, I mean, he's... No, he's he deserved... He, okay, that's fine, but he's probably fourth or fifth. 
best case, and then you mentioned I don't, Bosa. I don't think Nick Bosa's beating TJ Watt, but I mean, he's having a great year. Okay, yeah, for sure. I think Nick Bosa wins comeback player of the year. They give defensive player of the year to somebody else. I would uh, again. You're I like Hendrickson. I would. <laughs> I would sprinkle anything on Hendrickson or, or Bosa. I don't think. I would need to have Bosa twenty to one. To Michael Parsons. I don't twenty to one. I mean, you're storing away your two dollars. Remember, you got to remember, you're dealing with insane old sports writer humans. They're going to bet Michael Parsons defensive rookie of the year, Nick Bosa comeback of the year, and then they're going to pick between T.J. Watt, Darius Leonard, and Miles Garrett. That's why I wouldn't bet Nick Bosa for defensive player of the year. Agreed. He's having an awesome season. Yeah, would deserve consideration, but they would prefer to divvy out the awards. That's just how it works. Cowboys 21, Giants 6. Yikes. Look, I don't care. Giants fans are mad that my guy, Mike Glennon's in there. They want to see Jake Fromm. They saw him. Got in there and completed four passes. This is Six. not a this is not a quarterback thing. This That's is a doo-doo thing. This is a bad offensive line. Bad blow team. everything up and start over thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the, does that again. include Joe Judge breach? Uh, He's not getting fired. He's just not getting fired. Dave Gettleman, it sounds like it's probably going to be Retired. done. Retire, okay. Bruce Arians retirement tour. But you think Joe just hangs around? The Ralph Vacchiano of the, I believe, New York Daily News had a report this this past week where he said that it, it was clear. I mean, and I, again, I don't like to source guess, but it was very clearly a, you know, the owners are the owners think that they they're humiliated at having to fire McAdoo. And then subsequently fire. Wait, who was after? Oh, uh, uh, Shermer. So to fire McAdoo and Shermer, humiliated by doing that, and cha- like four co- four GMs and four coaches in like you know six years or whatever the numbers are. And the, John Mara sold on Joe Judge as his guy, and Judge okay. is selling them on changing the culture. So he's going to get another year at least. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I don't. That's not my not my cross to bear. As a, I'm not a Giants fan, so. Good luck. This team, this team's not very good. No, they're, not at all. They're actually really terrible. They're very, 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 very bad. Here is a pretty debilitating statistic: if you're a Giants fan, they have five consecutive seasons with ten losses. That is the current longest active streak in the entire NFL. That is correct. The Giants have more consecutive seasons with ten plus losses. Then the Lions, Jaguars, Texans, and Jets. Thanks, Jim Caldwell. Rethink who you are, Giants. You're not some blue blood franchise. That Super Bowl was a long time ago. You were a bad football team and a bad franchise. Those Super Bowls were a long time ago, sure. Yeah, but I was actually thinking as you were reading those stats that Breach would 100% take the Giants record if that meant two Super Bowls for the uh, the Bengals in the last. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) 100,000%. Let me ask you this, though. The Cowboys are probably the more interesting story because mm-hmm. they're the number two seed in the NFL right now. They are playing incredible defense. They they have some 2019 Chiefs vibes to them, except how's, the quarterback isn't getting better down the stretch. He's getting much worse. And the well, offense, that 2019 offense was good for the Chiefs. Yeah, I just mean that like. This defense that we didn't think would be oh I see yeah on the this defense side. is coming to get like like if if Dak and the offense started playing at the level that we thought they would play at for the full season and everyone's healthy and this defense plays like it's playing 
you kind of have a, I don't know, the Cowboys are intriguing, but Dak has just been bad. Yeah, I mean, that. here's a, the interesting matchup. As we said here, it would be two versus seven, Dallas versus, versus New Orleans. So those defenses are going to ball out. The Dallas defense is much more opportunistic, and the Dallas offense, at least on paper, is way better than Taysom Hill in that offense. So you would like Dallas there based on uh, on the whole the whole package. And the biggest part of that package, I think, is the defense has played so well. There's a tiny package. <laughs> he said it again. <laughs> See how quick Debo can get that thing. Cute. Uh, he's scrambling well, I mean, on the it's board. It's just weird that like, <laughs> we all agree. We all agree the Giants are a bad team. The Cowboys' offense just did not look good at all. I mean, literally, their defense set up almost every point that the Cowboys score in this game. I mean, their first touchdown was after an interception. So the, the, the offense only had to drive 13 yards. They got a field goal right before halftime because the Giants lost a fumble. Uh, they got a touchdown where they only had to drive 29 yards because the defense made a fourth down stop when Joe Judge decided to go for it, fourth and one from his own 29. So, like, the offense was not driving the football. So, I mean, it's definitely concerning if you're a Cowboys fan that they just they don't look in sync right now. On the fourth and one call, the uh, Joe Judge oh called the same play that the Steelers called with Ben Roethlisberger on his first, first fourth and gold sneak. Mike Lennon actually went backwards four and a half inches. It was not, a, not an ideal. <laughs> that offensive line is just a problem for the Giants. A lot of problems. Like, I, 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 we're not going to get a whole Mike Lennon thing, but I mean, he was constantly sprinting for his life out there. It's a problem. I love his bald head. We got that in common. The, I mean, I do worry. <laughs> Can't wait to hear the end of this sentence. <laughs> no, I just, I, the Cowboys, I, I, I want to know, are the Cowboys going to somehow? Here's what will happen. So they, they, as we sit here, they beat the Saints around one and then we feel better about them. And then we try to talk ourselves into whatever their round two matchup is. Like a low-scoring game against the Saints, where the offense didn't look good, but we we say, Javon oh, Diggs, Saints defense is good. Maybe the Javon Cowboys are- picks off Taysom Hill twice, and then Micah Parsons has three sacks to Taysom Hill. I'm like, oh, Zeke that- Elliott is a like a. Why is he playing? Tony Pollard's the guy, but no, like Zeke is hurt. Why is he playing? Because Jarris says play him. Ah, it's crazy. CD Lamb six catches fifty yards. Gallup three catches thirty two yards. Amari Cooper, two catches, eight yards. Yeah. Well, Sorry to the Cowboys are absolutely they won by 15. justified. It's yeah. the game left against the Cardinals. Hey, they won. Win and, right. win, win, uh, survive in advance, baby. Win in Rome. <laughs> or that. Dolphins, 31. <laughs> Jets, the? 24. I just want to say before you get going, Tua, you screwed me out of the cover with that pick six at the end, you numb nut. Go ahead. But they were up by seven when that happened. No, they were up by more than that. I think when he picked six, uh, it was seven. Because my buddy, my buddy Newman. Oh, that's right. The um, spread was the spread was four and a half. I think it was. Ten and it, half. it doesn't but matter. I think Wilson's saying that they probably would have covered if they didn't give up a defensive touchdown. Thank you. Yes, throwing a pick six to the Jets is suboptimal. So go ahead. Uh, Miami has now won six or seven straight games. Six, six, six. games. Is the NFL's second longest active win streak. Ooh. They started the streak at one and seven. No team in NFL history has made the playoffs following a one and seven record. Nor will one. <laughs> that was okay with that, that breach. What about you? That was gonna be my question. Do I think a team makes it to the playoffs after starting one and seven? This team in particular. Do, do the Dolphins make the playoffs? No, they do not. Yeah. I will well, say that be uh, before story. today, I, I literally did not know who Duke Johnson played for. Every if you're watching on YouTube. 
I didn't either. I was like, I was like, DJ, I was like, why is Deontay Johnson running the ball for the, for the, the, the Dolphins? If you're in the YouTube chat right now, one, smash the like button. I think we're already over it to give away a hat. But two, everyone write, there's a path. Just write, there's a path. And let's put those all up on the screen. There's a path. There's, there's a, a path, path for the Dolphins to go to nine wins. And it's not that difficult. I can't believe I deleted that. That's yeah. Re listen that podcast so we can get that one back. Right. Dolphins at the Saints, Dolphins at the Titans, Patriots at the Dolphins. I tend to agree with you. They won't make it there. That is the it's, sixth most difficult remaining schedule. Duke Johnson out of nowhere to just wreck the face. If you if you if you play Jared Goff and Duke Johnson in DFS this week, you won a million dollars. Yeah, true that. What a week. By the way, I, I was banging on two of by the way. Uh, I was banging on him for his pick six, but he he's played well in recent weeks and whatever. But the play of the game for me for Tua was he ran the ball, converted the first down, and absolutely trucked Michael Carter the second. Do you see that breach? Are you just yeah? Like, oh, yeah. I, no, I, I did I see that. There's a path. <laughs> oh right, yeah. So uh, shout out to him for running the ball well, but otherwise he could have had a better performance. He did outplay Zach Wilson, so he's got that going for him. I mean, look, give the Dolphins credit for somehow making this happen over the course of yeah i mean that hey two months ago we we're talking about brian Flores getting fired we're not talking about that now and the eagles get a top five pick eagles get a top five pick or uh do one of those picks go to the depot's team i can't keep up with their picks but either way yes, they're playing the, much- the dolphins original pick goes to the uh the eagles okay so either way they're playing much better i don't know if two has answered questions for a team that was in the hunt for deshaun watson we'll see how that works out over the the offseason, but he's played much better. And I think you have to feel a little better about him, even though his name is not, unfortunately, Justin Herbert. I, I will say <laughs> this is the Dolphins lost to the Jaguars and the Falcons. <laughs> Jaguars was overseas, too. Sure, but you I still think, right? lost to the Jaguars. I mean, they're terrible. No, that's right. I was just trying to do the math. There Urban, Urban Meyer, one win in US, one win in Europe. That's right. Urban Meyer, the uh, I believe, actually holds the record for the single. Highest winning percentage of all time by lo- coaches in London at one yeah. and oh. The right. Dolphins wins are at home against the Texans, at home against the Ravens on that weird Thursday game, at yeah. the Jets, Panthers at home, Giants at home, Jets at home. Like hey. this is a fraudulent football team that is going to get blasted by the Saints. No, they're not fraudulent. Yeah, you could say, they're get you could say the mean, Titans are fraudulent. Yeah, this is a fraudulent team. Did they manhandled the Ravens. That wasn't even close. Yeah. They're not fraudulent. I mean, they're a team also that no one had Man, expectations. They manhandled the Ravens? They're also yeah. a team that no one had expectations for. I mean, we're not talking about they won 10 games last year. With Ryan Fitzpatrick. They would have won more if they didn't keep benching them. Are we just not counting their Patriots win? They they beat the Patriots? There are people out there who picked this team to win the division. Who? Show me those Name five of them. Yeah, exactly. Five of them? (laughs) Name two of them. I'll check our preseason picks and see if there was anyone. No one. Not a soul. I just think Peter King wrote about this. He doesn't work for us. I didn't mean like... I'm just saying people were... Get out of here. No, this team... I mean, look, you have to call the Bills fraudulent. They lost nine to six to the Jaguars then. They're not fraudulent. Did you they're, hear the te- list of teams that they beat that I just read out? Yeah, they're a mediocre team who beat the teams they're Texans, supposed to beat. Again, Ravens is no, the don't read it again. Please don't Texans, read it. Jets, Panthers, no, no, no. Giants, Jets. Okay, they beat that them. Is, that is the the absolute bottom barrel ass of the AFC. I'll put it to you this AFC. way. You wouldn't say that Brian Flores is space. No, because he beat me up or something. Nobody I had the Dolphins I think they closed higher than third. I think they closed out I mean, 
I you think just, got, you just dunked on yourself. Did you hear what Breach just said? Do you see what Debo just put up? Their win total was nine before the season. Why didn't no? Why didn't no one pick them then? Higher than third uh, among the CBS Sports experts. Because the Bills and the Patriots are in the division. So not sure if you've heard of Josh Allen and Bill Belichick. You almost said Mac Jones. <laughs> I did almost say Mac. All right, what's next? Let's get out. Wait, of here. we got this way too long. We spent on this game. I mean, this is the longest podcast ever. It's it's just not. It's not even close to the longest podcast. Feels ever. like it. Texans thirty, Jaguars sixteen. Again, Cooks, Davis Mills is kind of flashing. I, I was duped by the uh, post-urban Jaguars resurgence. That blew up my Same. face. Same. Dang it. Yeah, I'll Davis see. Mills. Here's the thing about Davis Mills. Didn't play a lot at Stanford just because he was young. Came out early, and we don't know who he is, so they're giving him a chance, and that's great, and he's not doing terribly. So maybe with that top five pick, they'll they'll go in another direction, and, and maybe that's a, a, a smart move because there's not a quarterback worth taking in the top five. GLC reported on Sunday that David Cullen could be one and done. Like He could be literally a bridge sort of coach. I don't know if he knew that going in. I don't know if he wants to get out of there because there's, you know, some dysfunction in the front office uh, with Jack Easterby. But I think it, winning, I think winning three games with this roster is pretty good. It's uh, huge. Let me ask you this though, and they let's say they trade Deshaun Watson for two first round picks and two second round picks or whatever. Is this an attractive job? No. You'd rather have the Jaguar shot by a mile, right? Yeah. Yes. By a mile. If Urban Meyer wasn't a complete dip bleep. And they hadn't bleep. kicked a kicker. And That's what he called Josh Lambo, a dip bleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'll kick you. I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever I want. If he hadn't like been grinding at his own bar and kicked a kicker and said a bunch of stupid stuff, he could have coached there for five years and you know, whatever. That's a they, well, who they wants start- the who wants the, the, the Texas job then? Nobody. Okay. Well, that's, that's why you keep David Cully for another year. He's done a good job. He has done a good job. He and Dan Campbell won't ever get coach of the year buzz, but they deserve some of it. Let's talk about this draft order real quick. And if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you're watching, by the way, smash that like button. Please. Please. We're podcasting at 1 a.m. just for y'all. Okay. Jacksonville with the loss and the Detroit win over Arizona, which we'll get to in a minute, slides into the number one spot and scott hansen what did he say i mean by the way scott hansen has completely changed how he says how he says challenge and josh allen what does he say allen no no he changed no he doesn't say anymore i know that's what he used to do he used to be like josh allen and Hmm. challenge what if he listens to the podcast anyway sad sad he wouldn't stop pointing out that the jaguar he's like he's like there's a play like it pops up he's like i've got good news and he goes, I got bad news, and I've got good news, Jaguars fans. The bad news is your team just threw this pick six. Or maybe it's the kickoff return. He goes, the good news is you have the number one overall pick. It's like, what? Like, I heard that, and I was like, I can't wait to hear what this good news is because I've seen zero good news from this team today. There's no good news about having the number one overall pick in this draft, right? Well, here's the problem. No one's going to trade up for it because there are no quarterbacks worth taking. Right. Number two, you've drafted two edge rushers as first-round picks in two of the last three drafts. So you don't need Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. You can take him. There's not, not no line to t- there's not no lineman to take it, number one. You could, but you don't even necessarily – I mean, you you could use an O-lineman for sure. But, right, you don't want to – I mean, it this could feel, be – This feels like 2013 in the sense that – I think that was Eric Fisher as well. Eric Fisher and Luke Jokel wanted and no two. And quarterbacks. <laughs> right. Well, and now the quarterbacks are better than 2013, but the, the Chiefs were desperately trying to trade out of – the number one pick in 2013 because they didn't want to take Eric Fisher first. Mm. 
but he was the best prospect available. So, I, I mean, I guess you just stay put. Jaguars being one is a nightmare. Also, it ties up more of your salary cap, and you got to pay, like, no. Yeah. Here's the thing. you got to win some football games. Yes. Because here they also have the 33rd pick um, at the top of the second round. So you can just draft an offensive lineman there. That, that would make more sense than taking one. I would just take Aiden Hutchinson if, if I were them and, if, like, forced to do something. But I wouldn't feel great about it, not because he's not worth it, but just because they don't – I mean, how many freaking offensive uh, edge rushers do they need? And looking at the draft order real quick, like, my God, the Giants really got to decide right now if they're blowing things up because you cannot let this regime – have the fifth and sixth pick in the draft or two top 10 picks or whatever ends up being uh, because you have to keep them. You can't let them make those picks and then fire them uh, a year later. I think think the the substantial noise out of New York is because Dave Gettleman has won a lot of games as a member of the Giants, multiple Super Bowls, that they are going to give Dave Gettleman the option to retire Wait, he was the GM for both those Super Bowls? No, he was director of player player personnel. Pro player personnel. But he, he, you know, they count on his resume. And so, yeah, sure. The buzz is they're going to give him the option to decide he's just too old for this anymore and then hire somebody. Yeah, he's old enough to retire. That's ageism, Brenton. They can't do that. Yeah, that's true, too. By the way, uh, sneak peek to tomorrow's Monday's mock draft. Version Ooh. 16 for Ryan Wilson. Love a good I, sneak peek. I have the Giants trading up for, from number five to number two. You don't have to read to see who they take. I'm not, Is it a quarterback? You. Again, being pressured by... It's called uh, a sneak peek, Brenton. He's not telling you who it is. Not a sneak reveal. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have a... Quarterback at two would be pretty crazy. I don't have a blue or pink balloon going to blow it up with powder coming out of it to let you know who they're taking. A QB I mean, reveal? I'm not going to read the mock draft. I'll just wait until Tuesday when you do the mock draft show. Live on YouTube at 1 p.m. Costing you a click, Wilson. I know. That's messed I up. Click. I always click. That's you messed know. up. And retweet. Shut up, Breach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up, Breach. Happy holidays. All the games? Wait, did we just get through all the games? No, we skipped a game that Debo mentioned 17 times. Only the biggest upset of the day. And I'm oh, sure everyone in Detroit is so waiting for us to talk about it. All right. I'm sorry. That's on me. Okay. You talk about being worried about the Bills and being worried about Dallas and being worried about. Uh, Tennessee. I think we should be legitimately concerned about the Cardinals. In, in, in my defense, here when I went to use the bathroom, I scrolled down to what I thought was the next game, which was Bills Panthers, and so I went. I, I bypassed accidentally. Lions. Cliff Kingsbury appreciates that. My apologies, but look, man, Dan Campbell, what a guy! I'm I'm all in on Dan Campbell. I will. I said that from Jump Street. I said at his introductory press conference. I don't know if this guy can coach, but I would run through a wall for him. And let me ask you this before we get to the the meat and potatoes of this game. How many games right now, and both of you have to answer this, do the Jaguars, how many wins do the Jaguars have with Dan, with Dan Campbell as their coach? Five. More, more than I think, now? Uh, five? I think five is legitimately reasonable. I agree. This, no, this, this Detroit team has no business winning no business. any games. No business. Yeah, I love that show. Shut up. <laughs> They um ruse. I don't know how long. I think Detroit is taking. Oh my god! I can't wait. I'm gonna suck it in. Oh boy! Do it, boy! Get suckered in. No, I I I think there's a path. What? No, no, no. There's a path to nine wins. I think what they're doing with Dan Campbell, a, and I think they're doing it by accident. Honestly, they they trade away Stafford, bring in Golf. Golf is their quarterback next year. He balled out today. He was great today. 
But you look at the salary cap stuff, you look at his contract, you look at this quarterback draft, it makes actually a lot of sense to have golf in 2021 and 2022. And Dan Campbell is like taking the talent level and raising it way above what they have. I mean, they should not be in these games and they just won't quit because this ankle biting welcome to motor city meathead maniac PC principle just won't quit. It's, 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 it's inspiring. Don't click on any Detroit lions videos tomorrow. If you don't like goosebumps. Uh, let me ask you this. Just again, going back to my mock draft, I had them trading down from two to five and I, I did the old Sam Darnold draft when um, the Colts and the, and the jets swapped picks and that they went from six to three and that the compensation was, was three second rounders. If you're the lions, which moved down from two to five for three second rounders. And you have another first round pick this year too, 25, two to five in this draft. Uh, yeah. The only, the second rounders um, will come this year. And obviously the two subsequent yeah. years. Do so you get, you get the Colts jets deal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In a heartbeat. By the way, the jets uh, got hosed cause it took Sam Darnold, but the Colts got Quentin. Darius Leonard. Uh, no, that I looked it up. It was Quentin Nelson. They got Braden Smith, and then Dallas Goddard was the the pick that they ended up trading to the Eagles, and they got uh, someone at number fifty three. I have to look up. Uh, they did get Darius Leonard in the second round. It, right, they did, but they got Kimo tur- Ture as well. So they got four guys that were better. Obviously, one of the guys was better than Sam Dahl. But the, the takeaway for me is that the more bullets you have, you you're more likely to hit the target. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubter. I mean. The only maybe exception there is if Aiden Hutchinson, who is a Michigan guy, like through and through, plays in a position the Lions need, is a perfect blue-collar, aggressive, pass-rushing type of guy. If the if he doesn't go one, would you take the dice roll in the second rounders versus going Hutchinson at two? Uh, yeah, maybe Hutchinson's there at five. Who knows? I would take Hutchinson too if he's there at five. Something went wrong, but yeah, I would take Hutchinson too and not trade down. Um, I don't know how much caps they have, but I would imagine it's a lot. I don't think they have a lot, a lot of sour cap concerns. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think money or I don't think, I, I don't think there are constraints on the on the on the Lions about what they can do from a roster management perspective. Right? I mean, they they should have. So they beat the Vikings. They beat the Cardinals. They tied I mean, if we're going Steelers. through all their games, there are a bunch of games they could have won. I mean, they lost on a 66-yard field goal. Yeah. This team could like borderline be in the playoffs. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> no, in the NFC? Again, refl- reflects very poorly on Matt Patricia. Sandwich between Jim Caldwell and Dan Campbell. Like They should they, have beaten the Ravens. They, they lost to the Bears by two. They lost to the Browns by three. They lost their first game to the Vikings where Minnesota kicked a 54-yard field goal to win it. And obviously the Tucker one from 66, that's four games right there that they could have won. If one bounced, the ball would have gone differently. So now you're up to six and seven. <laughs> they could low key be like four and one since they're by. So you talk about, um, the, the Miami- gonna, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, as I say, you talk about the Dolphins being fraudulent. I, I think the Cardinals are much more deserving of that distinction. I would- I'm worried about the Cardinals. Everyone should be worried about the Cardinals. Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks. Those are the final three games. How many did they win? Colts. I feel like I feel like one and two, and you're just holding on for dear life. And hoping you win the NFC West. You better hope Geno Smith plays week 18 if you want to win that game. My gosh. I don't feel great about it. I don't know what the fix is. The defense suddenly can't do anything. 
Um, your boy AJ Green just plays every other snap. That pick six was all on him, or the interception. I don't remember if it was a pick six or not. But Kyler was like, he doesn't really say a whole bunch. It's like, dude, come back to the ball. Yeah, AJ Kyler's screaming at him in the game. That's right. AJ Green out there running Sunday routes. Like he's just strolling around after church on Sunday. Not well, they better attention. get along because DeAndre Hopkins isn't coming back. He ain't walking through that door. He's, he's literally out for the season. Um, first seven games of the year. God, Kyler seven and 32 points per game. 73 and a half completion percentage, 286 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, five interceptions. Last four games, one and three, 22 points per game, 63.8% completions, 259, and three touchdowns, five picks. I'm less worried about him than everyone else. Sure. But, but he can't carry the team as the other takeaway. Like he ain't Aaron Rodgers in and up. So I mean, look, we saw Tom Brady, you know, guys go down and yep. life becomes hard. That's a problem. And I think Kyler is now maybe trying to do too much. Yeah, I think and that's there's right. a sense of panic creeping in. And this has happened to this team the last two years. So uh, as we sit under, here, Bridge under State, Cliff, Kingsbury real quick. Oh, yeah. They have uh, before their buy, they have a 603 winning percentage under Cliff Kingsbury. And all games after their buy, no, they have a 353 winning percentage it seems like it's been a mirror performance the last two years kyler murray before the break and after the break last year he was injured but this year everything we kept saying in the first eight weeks is okay if kyler stays healthy they'll be okay and he struggled with the health colt mccoy came in they went two and one and then kyler i'm assuming is healthy but they're not playing well and right now i think they would play four plays five so they play the rams i mean that game's in arizona and, and the wins over wilson spread is minus three and a half la the uh so the Ram the Cardinals have the sweep no Cardinals sweat the 49ers right they don't yes. have a I know Breach doesn't care about when these games are played but I have very little faith in the Cardinals no, in they're, January they're Based one on one they're one and one against the Cardinals I mean against the Rams excuse me and I I was hoping it was gonna be uh two and oh because it felt like a Brady against the Saints situation like oh they beat him twice and then the Rams come back and just blast. Minus three and a half sounds high, but I I think they win by eight plus points. The Rams. I would take the Rams for sure. I don't, I don't know. It would be three and a half. That that's. Pretty I don't. High think, I think it'd be probably closer to two and a half. But I I think the closer the the wins up or, or line. To your point, I think it's like a pick. I opens it so. opens in a pick, and but all of a sudden it's Rams minus two, and people yes. are like, "Whoa, that that line is moving," and that's kind of scary. Would you at a pick them? Who are you taking, Breach? Between the Rams and the Cardinals? In the first round of the playoffs in Arizona. Uh, probably the Rams. Uh, you're hesitating. That's interesting. Probably the Rams. The, the Cardinals are 4-1 and one in the division this year, but they're just 2-3 and three against in their other NFC games. Yeah, but the other thing is, I mean, I don't care what their division record is. The Steelers were 11-0 last year, and they fell down the flight of stairs on their way to losing to the Browns in back-to-back weeks, including that playoff. And play. Arizona feels like this year's Pittsburgh team. Not right. as bad. It's not as spectacular. They, it, this is like a smaller flight of stairs. but Right. They're falling it, off the, the front porch. Right. But it's still going to hurt, and it still feels like they're not going to make it far. <laughs> still going to hurt. They still got to call the ambulance. All right. That's all the games. So we have two things left to do. One, Who won a hat? Exactly. Who won the hat? What? People, by the way, people in the chat, YouTube chat, you can still hit the like button. Do you think we're like like giving like picking and choosing who we give out? Have you listened to this podcast? Do you know how honorable Devo is? Devo would Devo would rather 
put on a Dallas Cowboys t-shirt and walk through downtown Philly yelling Eagles sucks in sort of like a diehard with a vengeance with a, kind of way. Sandwich board on. Yes. I decided not to go that route for uh, then he would cheat. He would much rather do that than cheat someone in the chat out of a hat. So our winner. I don't know if that's true. I will say, like, if you have a <laughs> Cowboys, drop up your I, goals, but okay. I'm very honorable. I, I use a random giveaway generator website, but if you have a Cowboys logo in your profile picture, <laughs> I'm not picking you. By the way, uh, this week's winner, A.K. Brinson. Weird. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> Will Brinson won again? <laughs> Robert, Robert Benson won again. The winner of the hat. You want to give it out, uh, Wilson or Breach? Breach, can you read it or do you want me to read it? I don't know where the name is. Oh, Breach God forbid read. you have Breach to can't read. read where, where are we looking? I don't even know where we're looking. Is there something well, while Breach about? figures out how to uh, tie a shoe, Zach Hinkle is the lucky Zach winner. Zach Hinkle! Take that, Breach. Sorry, I was trying to do the drum roll. Good job, Zach. I, I hope you, you love your Congrats, hat. Zach. Um, it's a used hat, and Ryan, you get a patch of Ryan's hair with it too. So, oh gosh, this is a good one. It's, it's gonna, gonna be old one. hair <laughs> 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 from 1987. Yeah, Devo, Devo does. Uh, it's all it's all organic, man. Zach Hinkle, congratulations, my man. Look, if y'all hang around these chats long enough, you'll get one of these hats. Yeah, Our boy Lewis Dawes makes him. He'll, he'll make some more. We'll we'll have a. I mean, I can't think of anything my employers would love more than to offer a Brinson sucks hat in a in a in the CBS store. I mean, like, can, I mean, I know get plenty it. of people we work with who would buy those and probably encourage them to sell them. Let's get to winners and losers. Oh boy, Breach, you want to go first? The Cincinnati uh, Bengals. And you know what? Bengals. I was trying to give you a chance to take your damn Bengals, son. I would love to take the Bengals, but I'm not going to do it, even though it was a huge win. Because, you know, by the time people listen to this podcast, they could be out of first place because the Browns win on Monday. So, to, I am going to do Jared Goff. Oh, man. I was going to take that. I, I took your guy, Jared Goff. That's Never loses to the Cardinals. He was 3-0 and against Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> going into Sunday. Now he's 4-0 against Cliff Kingsbury. Now he's 8-1 in his career. He outdueled Kyler Murray, put Jared Goff in the playoffs. Dan Campbell is a heck of a coach. The Lions are just the ultimate weather. The whole city of Detroit, uh, I, I want to move there. That is how excited I was watching that game. Uh, so Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, the Lions, everyone. This little bit, I've never given you a chance to go with the Bengals again. No, like he's, you screw up the whole order. Wilson was clearly going to go Dan Campbell. You went Jared Goff. It messes up the whole thing. And now Wilson can't go the Bengals because he hates the Bengals. I'm not going the Bengals. I'm going with the New Orleans Saints because they're now the seventh seed in the NFC after that smackdown shutout of Tom Brady last shutout 2006, 15 years ago when Wilson was, his, his, it was in his early 30s. A huge win. Now, I don't know how far that's going to take them in terms of uh, once they make the playoffs, which is, it feels like they're going to do with Taysom Hill. But if the defense keeps playing well, I mean, you know. Um, the, who won, uh, Oh, the 2000 Ravens won the Super Bowl with, with solely a, a really good defense. So it, it could happen. And the 2015 Broncos with a corpse of Peyton Manning. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, strange things happen. That's a huge win. No Sean Payton because of COVID. Everyone else in the brother was hurt. 
Taysom Hill played well with relatively well with nine fingers, and the defense balled out. So congratulations, New Orleans. I will take double check this. Make sure I'm right. Yep. I'm right. That's right. The San Francisco 49ers. Maybe by winter last week. I don't care. This team is hot. They are. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Colts on Saturday. The Colts and the 49ers sort of mirror each other, I think, in a lot of ways on the conference side of things, where they're probably going to be a wild card, almost certainly going to be a wild card, both of them. They run the ball really well. They have this quarterback that people love to hate, but has enough skill set to make plays and you know matriculate the ball a little bit or do whatever's in the game plan. Smart head coach with good offensive game planning work. And a defense is kind of coming on strong with some real players, whether it's DeForest Buckner or Darius Leonard or Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. Like, you don't want to see these teams in the playoffs. And the 49ers, as we pointed out earlier, jumped up to 90-plus percent to make the playoffs. Wilson and Breach both burying them weeks ago. They are now 8-6. and six. One more win to cash my in-season bet of over eight and a half wins. Another one of my special wake-up. Oh, I don't remember doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy G, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson, all winners. I'm going first for losers because Breach just can't handle the responsibility. Aww. I'm taking the Ravens. Uh, talked about it two of the last three weeks. They had a chance to tie the football game with Justin Tucker and then have a chance to win it in overtime. I know Breach sort of disagrees with it, but they lost both games. They're now on the outside, and they're not even winning the division. They're out of the playoffs. And Breach predicted weeks ago that they might end up missing the playoffs while his Bengals make it. So... Uh, this wasn't Tyler Hunley's fault. It wasn't not having Lamar Jackson. I know they have injuries, but every team has injuries here. And uh, while I love John Harbaugh as a coach, and I think in, in, in most instances he makes the right decision, I think you you can question what he did uh, at the end of these last these two games the last three weeks, including that the uh, decision not to go for two when they had a chance to cut it to uh, uh, eight points. Ravens. Um, my loser from the same game as Wilson's winner. I usually don't do this, but my loser is Tom Brady. And that is because he we, lost. Don't ever, we don't get the list Tom Brady and the losers call him that often. So I'm going to take advantage of it. He got shut out in a game for the first time since 2006. He got shut out in a home game for the first time in his career. So Tom Brady, even though everything about him is a winner, he's pliable, he's married to a supermodel, he's richer than all three of us combined times 10 Hundred thousand? Ten. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Ten hundred thousand. Ten hundred thousand. Write about all it. the zeros down. They're worth was... like five billion dollars. What are What's you five billion about? divided by ten hundred thousand? Exactly. What you is ten hundred thousand? Uh write it down. You know ten hundred thousand. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about while Breach was calling out Tom Brady? Here's what's gonna happen. Tampa Bay is gonna make it to the Super Bowl and they're gonna face the Bengals. And of course, Tampa Bay's gonna win. And the first thing Tom Brady's gonna say after the game is that uh, I, heard, <laughs> I heard John Breach on the Pick Six podcast in week 15, winners and losers. He called me out, and I was never more motivated to beat a team than I was to beat the Bengals. And the Bengals nation will know that they lost the Super Bowl because John Breach dunked on Tom Brady. And funny enough, like funny enough, because Tom Brady <laughs> Tom, if you're watching on YouTube, Giselle Bunchin's worth four hundred million dollars. She makes Alone. forty million dollars a year, and Breach is like Tom Brady's worth at least ten times the three of us. And then had to ten hundred thousand. Ten. I kept 10, adding numbers because I realized that the number was way higher. But Breach, just to clarify, 
Your biggest loser in the entire NFL in week 15 was who? Tom Brady. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Tom Brady. You'll have to speak up and enunciate a, a little bit. Thomas right? Edward Brady is on the list. We don't ever put him on the losers list. Can't we put people who are winners on the losers list because they didn't win? Let's clip it and save that. <laughs> so you're saying, I just want you to say Tom Brady's a loser. Uh, now we can clip you. <laughs> Jokes gotcha. on you, Brenton. I was actually gotcha. going to go with Tom Brady and the, and the Patriots. Instead, I can't even go with the Bengals. Uh, you can go with Breach because he's about to cost the Bengals a chance to win the Super Bowl. Seriously. Jaguars feels too mean. I will say the Titans are a loser because. Ooh. Matt Rule. And uh, I was going to go Matt Rule, too. Yeah, Matt Rule's better. <laughs> Matt Rule. Is it? Yeah, yeah. The Titans, Titans are okay, but they're not in great shape. The Matt Rule's a loser because the Panthers have now, this is kind of crazy, have lost, I believe, four, nine, nine plus Thank games you. for the fourth straight season. Hey, he's only responsible. Panthers. He's only responsible for two of those, but yes. Yeah, but you can't even say that they started three and oh this year. You can't even say the Panthers low key suck. They high key suck. <laughs> like they're terrible. He didn't have a kicker backup option ready when Zane Gonzalez went down. He's been doing this PJ Walker, Cam Newton flip flop. They got embarrassed by the Bills. And I don't think you can fix this all in the next 365 days, which means that David Tepper is going to be very angry come the end of 2022. Sam Darnold has to come back, but I, I do wonder where they're going to be in the Deshaun Watson race once the offseason hits. But it will probably only make things worse if they shove in on Deshaun Watson. How? How can I make it worse? Because you give away a defensive player and a couple bunch of picks. It's a, right. yeah. Okay. And you're paying Sam Darnold all that money? All right. We got to get out of here before it hits two hours. God dang it. I think we missed our deadline. No, we got 45 yeah. seconds. We can keep talking seconds. and see. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Shout out to Zach for winning the hat. For Wilson and Breach, I'm Brinson. We will see you guys later. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.